Welcome to Ronan Geek Official Podcast, where we break down the hottest franchises in gaming, movies, and TV, analyze the essence of each, and discuss their strengths and weaknesses. The question we're looking to answer, do these franchises stay true to their roots? Do they hold up against the test of time? I think we're just judgmental bastards. Is really We're old, <laughs> judgmental people. We're like, these franchises weren't what they used to be. These damn kids nowadays <laughs> and Harry Potter. Like that's- <laughs> I, I like how you just went, uh, what's his name? Like, I mean, this is going to get a little rough with the president who got shot. Uh, it's, uh, oh, um, uh, uh, JFK. JFK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we, we choose to do this not because it is easy, but because it is Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that is so accurate to this topic. So not because it's easy. And I would imagine Harry, if there was one topic that was going to catch us a lot of flack, at all, it would be Harry Potter. Oh yeah! So it's something people are very passionate about. People, uh, they love the Harry Potter. They love the characters. They grew up on it in some cases. Yeah. So we're we're, we're we were a, just a, a lit. We were a little bit too old to grow up on it. Unfortunately, I uh, think. It's- no, I I I feel like I was there. Two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. I was in grade eight. Okay, so yeah, you you could have potentially then, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I grew up because I read Philosopher's Stone. I air quotes read Philosopher's yeah, yeah. Stone when I was in grade wait, six. Wait, 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 I'm from the U.S. What the hell are you talking about? Philosopher's Stone? Yeah. What in God's name is that? You know what's funny is I was watching, in prep for this, Yeah, I was watching a video that talked about that. I knew about that. Yeah, yeah. But I sat there and they, they keep bringing this up and it's a joke. It's a common yeah, yeah, joke yeah. with the Philosopher's Stone, the Sorcerer's Stone. And I kept thinking... Oh, the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, 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 that book. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept thinking, I don't ever remember it being called Sorcerer's Stone. Then I realized, right, I'm in Canada. It was only the Sorcerer's Stone in the U.S. Not North America, yeah, yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know the big wigs at WB? They were like, you know, these American kids are not going to go for anything about a philosopher. It's not going to fucking happen. Like, who's, who do they think is going to walk in? Aristotle? Like, this is stupid. So then they came up with sorcerers. Like, these kids, they're into sorcerers. We're going all in on sorcerer. But the good thing about sorcerer as opposed to philosopher is sorcerer definitely... I'm sure at the time that got them into the mainstream media is like, oh, like this is a, like satanic panic, you know, parents hating on Harry Potter bullshit. Like, I, I bet that got their foot in the door on that. Oh, I bet. But I always thought it weird that they decided to go that route because I figured philosopher was less about the satanic panic stuff. So therefore, I I would have expected it to go the other way around well, because it, it felt less what people I would think hate. If we've learned anything about my people since then, is they're wildly hostile toward things like logic and philosophy <laughs> and, and and follow through and and uh, any kind of sort of. What do you mean, uh, you people? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> us, us people. Yeah, my people. So that's that's uh, it's true though. So I'm a dual. Uh, anyway, before we get to that, I should mention today is the first day. If if you're watching on the YouTube. We're officially going to be on video. Hi. So I'm very excited about this development because this is officially, we're calling this episode 200 of Rona Geek Official Podcast. Yes. Uh, whereas, um, honestly, it's been much longer than, <laughs> I think we're up to like 230 episodes or so. Yeah, but we have a lot of like unnumbered, yeah, like yeah, yeah, side yeah. project type stuff. And there is count. virtually no rhyme or reason to which ones we number, which ones we don't. Very little anyway. Very um, little. It's metastasized into something that's more organized because of digital love. And, yeah. Uh, raised by spoilers and things like that. But uh, but anyway, it's uh, it, it's good to be on video. So hello, how are you doing? Uh, if you're watching, thank you for watching. So I really appreciate it. So <laughs> on our future YouTube channel that's not currently running. <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah. Hello. Actually, we have one. I have to, I have to figure out the password. And by hand the, by the time you find this on YouTube, it'll have been running. So there you go. You will have already heard this. So you won't even need to watch it. Yeah. 
So congratulations. So anyway, uh, without further ado, we'll dive a little bit into uh, Harry Potter. So again, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this in the context of all the media that it has released on. So obviously the movies for us are going to be a huge formative part of that. Yeah. Maybe for yourself, the books are going to be huge for me. The first two books, maybe that's honestly, I think for like most people, it was mostly the movies, but only the first three books for me. It was only the Uh first two for me. Yeah. 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 So short attention span. It's a problem. (laughs) Actually, uh, I would say first five books for me up until uh, the last book I actually read, I just put my cards out on the table here, Yeah, was um, Order of the Phoenix. Okay, very good. Yeah, very that good. was in high school. And uh, so certainly a lot of content to cover there. And then I also have the games page up as well. So we'll cover, we'll cover off the games media as well. And this is, of course, uh, right right on the, the heels. No, right on the, the fourth, right on the, the cusp. Yeah, right on the cusp. I like Cusp. that. That's that's perfect. Uh, of the release of another Harry Potter video game, which is kind of why we're doing this topic now, which is going to end up being Hogwarts Legacy looking pretty slick, and it comes out. I absolutely fun. love that this is probably one of the best-looking Harry Potter games to date, and yet it's just like the rest of Harry Potter. It's got drama written all over oh, it. Oh, 100%. 100%. We'll get into the, some of the drama around it as well. But first, let's let's pay it its due. Because as a franchise, Harry Potter has touched the hearts and minds of many a youth for some time now. The books originally released, uh, when was the first book officially released? Uh, 95, 96, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, in the mid-90s. So this is, of course, J.K. Rowling is the author. Uh, a lot of people know her rags to riches stories, just coming from uh, sort of working class society, working her way up based on the success of her book. But at the time, she was working full-time job. She was full-time mom. She was full-time writer. She's doing it all. Ooh. She's doing it all. So goes the story. You know what? That puts a lot of effort because her writing was low effort. So, you know. So it's <laughs> these, I mean, we, we're adults talking about something that was definitely intended for children. Oh, yeah. To begin with. Yeah. yeah. To begin I, with. I, well, may, I do find it funny that, you know, people make fun of it for the logic gaps yeah, and yeah. stuff. I'm like, you realize this was meant for, like, children in grade five and six. Yeah, yeah. As, like, as adults, we can tell that they put children directly in the line of fire many times in the course of the stories of Harry Potter. So, this is not legally acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Behavior. Like, uh, like, the, like, you know, the children, like, I, I'm thinking something as simple as, like, Quidditch. You know what I mean? So Quidditch, of course, if you don't know, is this is a sport they play where they fly around on the brooms and, and, and bat this little ball around. That one, I, I kind of understand. If we're, we're going to, like, weird universe stuff, I kind of understand. Because the thing is, is they can just go, oh, you broke your body? Whatever Spelleramus, yeah, yeah, done, solved. It's not a, it's not f- scary anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's so, a but, difference between that and sending the villain up against well, no, Harry but, but as a child. But they're basically relying on someone's like, like an ancient wizard's like ability to cast Levios, Leviosa, Leviosa, <laughs> yeah, Leviosa, uh, uh, as quickly as they can to save a child from falling and breaking their neck. Well, no, I think they just <laughs> if they break their neck, they just go revive. Yeah, no yeah, big yeah. problem. <laughs> and then there's also the incident with the dragon. So there's the incident with uh, with the uh, the sort of time travel scenario and the in the, the closet. Anyway, yeah. a lot of dangerous situations they put children in <laughs> in, in Hogwarts in particular. So we'll, we'll get into all good that life too. lessons is what I call so them. Good life lessons, life lessons. I mean, basically about like don't die by doing this thing is the life lesson. I usually consider that's what grade school teaches you anyway, not to put forks in sockets. Just that's don't a- die. <laughs> They teach you not to die on your own. So that was before we even had the little plastic plugins for light sockets, <laughs> yeah. which we have nowadays. So that's it's kind of a requirement to have in your house now. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, this is about a group of children wizards uh, growing up together. And uh, obviously some of the main characters, title character, Harry Potter, the titular character. Then you have Hermione Granger. Uh, she would be, uh, you know her as uh, Emma Watson in the movies, as, as you know the female wizard. And then you'd also have uh, Ron 
Weasley. Weasley. So, Weasley. And and all of the Weasleys, for that matter. My favorite family. My favorite family. Name yeah, it kind of, the Weasleys remind me of um, the family you sort of married into. Uh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so in, in many ways, many good ways. And uh, honestly, I, I absolutely uh, love this content uh, just from a personal standpoint. I, I've always really enjoyed Harry Potter. Uh, the movies range, and, and we'll get into that more in detail, but the movies range from, okay, it's a kid's movie to, wow, this is actually pretty damn good for high fantasy you know yeah. what i mean so it's it's you know it, it's a really interesting series in that regard because there kind of is something for everyone in harry potter yeah it i think it's that's that grow up nature yeah where you start young and then you grow into it older yeah so you know star wars while it had different kind of themes and darknesses it was generally meant for the same age the whole way through this one yeah, you mean the age where you may or may not kill your own dad yeah yeah okay, that age good, yeah very good uh generally teenagers um <laughs> So, like, it, it had this thing where young kids can watch the first movies and adults can watch the later ones. And if you're really good, you can go all the way through as you grow up. Yeah, yeah. And I think those were the luckiest Harry Potter fans, to be honest with you. So Those are usually the most fervent, which is kind of our-ish generation now, a few years before now. I will say this. As a Harry Potter fan, and I do count myself among them, uh, I was very late to the party. In fact, I only watched the entire series all the way through the films uh, in 2020. So no way. The lockdown, the first time I ever watched them all the way through. And I'll tell you what, I was thrilled that I did. And I look forward to the day that I get to do it again. That's crazy. So I, I had a really good time with it. Uh, but no, I was I was obviously something as ubiquitous as Harry Potter. I knew a lot about it already. I yeah. knew about all the stories already, the actors, you know, the the twists and turns and everything in the films. Because it it is very ubiquitous with pop culture, right? Yeah. But, um, but no, it was, it was wonderful kind of getting to watch them through more recently as an adult and kind of understand the gist of what they're trying to put out there, but also being pleasantly surprised by a few of the movies uh, out of the seven that, that just really kind of blew my mind that they actually made this. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban? Uh, it's a case <laughs> in point. Bada boom, bada bing. So it's uh, it just, I just, I mean, we'll, we'll go through all the films, I think, one by one, but man, like, what a movie. Yeah. And they just nailed it. The casting, incredible. Uh, they did such a good job with the visual effects. They It was in a time when it would have been, you know, very easy for them to rely entirely on CG because by the third film, they obviously had that ability to do it. They, yeah. they actually relied on a lot of practical effects up to and including. I mean, it, it's not it's not full stop motion or claymation for the werewolves in that, is it? No, no, no. That's all digital. It was it because it had that kind of feel to it. To me. No, it's all digital. Yeah, yeah, There's anyway, no claymation. They did some really interesting things in it, though, visually. And, and, and I'm still surprised even after, you know, years after seeing it now, they actually did that. So, yeah, anyway, I um, love the fact that they built... They built the entire, um, I don't know how to word, the, the, the Diagon Alley set. Right. And they maintained it throughout each of the movies. Right. So it was the same set over and over and over again. That's so sweet. Yeah, because that's a place they go back to in at least five films. Yeah. Right? So that, that's extremely and cool. I, I absolutely love that set because of all of the different angles. I think their their design was no straight, no parallel, or no, was it no uh, level lines? No, what, what do you call it when it's straight up and down? Um no, uh, like symmetry, vertical symmetry, yeah, or whatever, like that. Everything was cockeyed and, yeah. and bent over, and it just it, created this. It really awesome gave it feel. a lived-in feel too. Like yeah. this had been around for such a long time. You know what I mean? I, I love that about. Yeah, it. I love that about it. Um, so now the original films. I guess we'll just go ahead and start there because that's kind of the, the, the most well-known piece. Well, I think we have to talk. I think what I want to say real quickly is I I don't think it's in any doubt that what truly defined the Harry Potter verse um, is not the books. But is the movies. Yeah, and, and the books, you know, especially toward the last couple there, were blockbuster events. 
So yeah. people were showing up to bookstores, camping outside, waiting for the releases for these books, almost like a new, you know, new film being released, right? Yeah. And this was as the films were coming out as well. They were still releasing books. Yes. So they were only a couple of years behind by the time they got to the end of it. But um, it, it was it was impressive in so much as, you know, the books brought in enough fans to kind of pump it up and get people excited about it. And there's still those fans out there who were just experts on the Harry Potterverse. They know everything. Yeah. They know all the storylines that were left out. They know all the details that were left out. Good on them. And, uh, and then the film films came out and and that's what successfully brought in you know millions upon millions upon millions yeah. more people into this it, it was already hugely famous beforehand kind of yeah. like lord of the rings but i think this was one of those clear evidence of how books are really good breeding grounds for movies so uh interesting i was just looking at the movies here i so chris columbus uh director of the first two films so uh sort of a serial like family and kids movie director uh over his time he'd done a lot of stuff in fact uh, i was yeah. just scrolling down here to his filmography uh so home alone big uh, one for him that's not his biggest one there's one on there's one on there i, I haven't seen i see i know it's on the list i haven't looked mrs doubtfire no go up go or older older Goonies. There you go. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Gremlins. Good Lord. So, uh, mind you, he was just the writer of Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, talk about what a great guy to kind of kick this thing off as a director. Yeah. So, I man. think he kind of, I, I feel bad for the guy. I don't know whether or not he intends it or not, but obviously he does a lot of movies with children. Yeah, I, I think he. I think it's fully intended. So it's uh, having heard from Steven Spielberg, who also directed a lot of movies with kids in them as, as primary actors. It's a, it's a unique challenge in film direction. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to to direct kids because you have to, as a director, you have to get performances out of your actors, but you also can't always be too hard on children as opposed to like actors. You and know not only I mean? that, they suck. So you can't just be like, be sad. Right. Like I don't know what sad is. Like yeah. is that is that the feeling I get when I don't get quite the toy I wanted at Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is more like the sad when everyone around you has died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, have you ever lost a pet, little kid? <laughs> like your hamster ever die? So, yeah, yeah. I really not- want you to dig deep down in that feeling of losing your wife and the thing yeah, yeah. that you love the most in reality. Huh. Oh. Hmm. Don't think I have that one. Boy, looking over this, I really hope for Chris Columbus' sake, I don't know if he's still around, but he probably could do... Oh, oh! He, he was a producer on Jingle All the Way as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm Good sorry Lord. to tell you, but since this movie, since Harry Potter, as far as I'm aware, he has not created it's, anything good. It's been downhill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Rent, Rent was uh, the adaptation of the stage place. That that might be the high spot there. Uh, I don't know, unless you're really into Percy Jackson or something. Okay, those are terrible movies. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, a lot of books, though, so it's clear that they probably intended to kick off another Harry Potter verse with him. Suppose, yeah, they did. They tried. Supposedly, those those books were good, um, but no. No, yeah. I think Christopher Columbus was a good choice, especially considering his career was really positive yeah. up until the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's hilarious that they, when he was working with the artists um, and the designers, they clearly created what we know as the look of hogwarts now oh yeah and the look of the harry potter universe big time yeah um i forget the name of the artist who did it but they're clearly the ones who worked together to design it and everyone took off from that um uh design book yeah yeah. i mean uh cinematography was john seal uh boy they don't really give you too much information on here though in terms of like the art and stuff like that for the development of the film yeah unfortunately Um, when you talk about an entire series it's hard to memorize every little piece of detail and then uh, a lot of it, a lot of the original film was also shot on site, which is cool. In fact, uh, the neighborhood with uh, Harry Potter's aunt and uncle's house is sort of standoffish, <laughs> you know, on again, off again, pseudo parent figures in the films uh, is an actual neighborhood. That's um, an actual neighborhood. And you could visit that neighborhood. Yes. Although people live there. So people lived there when yeah. they first did it and they realized it was a shit show to film there. Mm-hmm. And they ended up because they filmed so much of it already on location, at least yeah. for the first movie, they ended up 
mirror matching it as a set. Yeah. So they rebuilt it basically as a set. Yeah, yeah. Just because they got sick and tired of filming at that location. If I was them, though, if I owned that house, I would just like Airbnb it. But the only room that's complete in the house is like the room under the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, your whole family can stay in a room under the stairs. $10,000 a night. <laughs> You'd make billions. <laughs> oh, my God. You'd be making money hand over fist. Definite missed opportunity in airport. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, so the first Harry Potter films, this dropped in 2001. This dropped, believe it or not, the same holiday season as Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. No way. Yes. Oh, wait, that makes sense because they were both, I was, was in like grade eight weeks. when they both came it out. It was like two weeks ahead of, of Lord of the Rings. Wow. Isn't that shocking? I mean, I grant that those are two different viewerships. Those are two different people. Holy shit. Yes, they are. Because <laughs> so, at the time, Harry Potter wasn't even really on my radar. So no. to be honest with you. So at that age. So I was, what year was this? 2001. So I was 17. So, and I remember going to see, I still remember going to see Fellowship of the Ring with my friends at that time and just being absolutely fucking floored. So, and I had ring, I had already read Lord of the Rings at that time. See, and I'm, I'm the weird one because I read Harry Potter yeah. and I read Lord of the Rings yeah. and I went to go see both movies. Hell yeah. So dude. I was that weird in between Hell where yeah. I was old enough to see Lord of the Rings and want to yeah. see it, but young enough to still enjoy philosophy. Fucking reading Rainbow's prime audience over here. <laughs> yeah. reading, the film, reading the book, seeing the film. Look yeah. at that, man. So the studios love you. So anyway, this film came to box office with a budget of $125 million. You wouldn't know it by the CG in the film. You wouldn't know it. Uh, made a box office of uh, over a billion dollars, which I don't wow. think that's adjusted for inflation. So realistically, like $1.3, $1.4 billion. That's a fucking Avengers movie. Oh, yeah, it's I crazy. Mean, it's incredible. That's incredible. So good on them for just making uh, making the debut that they needed to make. Um, you know, and I was thinking about this earlier, just kind of comparing, because, I, you know, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring hit theaters around the same time. Did very well for itself. Didn't do a billion dollars. No. So, but I was thinking about just the overall quality of that film versus, like, Harry Potter. Like, I mean, you got, you know... Harry Potter in a Quidditch tournament with the CG of Harry Potter one at the same time as you got the Balrog in Lord of the Rings. Night and day in yeah. terms of quality of the CG. You realize why one of them won a bunch of awards. And one of them still holds up today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It ain't Harry Potter. So it's just, it's wild. Like how I, mean, far I think Harry Potter holds up today as a kid's movie. Oh, totally. Like yeah. It has that, I don't want to say coming of age because it's only one year, but it definitely has the childlike wonder. And I think that childlike wonder is central and key and it's a soul to Harry Potter. If I'm going to give Harry Potter one of the key factors that defines Harry Potter, it's. So I just put it on here just so you can see, because I want you to be careful with how much they can't see that. It. It's no, no, no. They can't see that. We can see this. And uh, I think that's pretty good for 2001. Well, no, no, they haven't shown anything yet. You got to You got to wait till they actually show like, uh, let's see. Was it, was it this? It was, it was the kids here. Once they start getting into like the big action shots, it's just, it's so low res. Oh yeah. It's low res. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I don't know, man. I think that looks great. Okay. Well, you know, for a different. kids movie, that yeah, looks yeah. fantastic for, for, for a kids movie for a 2001 kids movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the polar express came out decades at a decade after this no and it was no, no. polar express was 2004 because i was working oh really at that okay time. it's way worse than this so <laughs> wild anyway 
So uh, I think this looks like shit, and we'll move on from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but good news, this is meant for little kids, so they're not going to have a strong opinion. Yeah. Yet, so, yeah. No, I, I thought, um, going back to one of the things that this movie brought, that what the first Harry Potter brought to us, or to be fair, from the books. I think it was very clearly presented from the books, and I think the movies did a good job of presenting the spirit of the books. Yeah while taking out things that were unnecessary and adding things, you know, cause totally. you know, shorter runtime, right? You can't totally. fit as much as you can. Oh, in the book. Yeah, yeah. So I think they really understood what the book was about. And I yeah. think one of those things, and I, to my, to now, especially when you watch fantastical beasts and stuff like that, in my opinion, one of the, Oh, we do have to talk about that too. Oh, we oh, will I get forgot. there. Oh boy. <laughs> I think one of the key factors is wonderment mm-hmm. is child wonderment is no matter how, late you go like what movie you're in there's always moments of awe of wow i didn't know that was possible i didn't think about that and oh this is awe-inspiring especially when you you get to the goblet of fire and they do the whole quidditch like you know fifa yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um (laughs) when you get to that kind of stuff it's always awe-inspiring now later on it's awe-inspiring in a dark scary way yeah but there's always moments of wonderment right and i think that's a key Key thing about Harry Potter, I think that's what makes Harry Potter Harry Potter. There must always be a moment of, wow, yeah, this is wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a key important factor. Uh, you're right, and to that to that point, they did kind of have to keep upending themselves one at a time through each film. You know what I yeah. mean? But obviously, it was written in such a way they could do that easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the first one was the uh, as I know it, the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, definitely a good kickoff for it. Uh, I, I, honestly, uh, good overall film, and I and I think uh, it probably still holds up today, even for the littles. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the next movie is um, the weakest of all of them, and yet the longest. (laughs) Is it really? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, I thought Prisoner of Azkaban was the longest, but this is Chamber of Secrets. The movie, the movie. This is the the one with the blue flying car. Yes. That's all you need to remember about it. So blue flying car. So they're in school, then they're in the neighborhood, then they got to get back to the school, so they fly a car. Yeah, this is the one with the most plot holes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, interesting. generally reviewed as the worst one. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's fair. I... Still to this day, I think it's the worst one. <laughs> wow. Uh, interestingly, publication date on this, so it is 2nd July 1998. So it's already moving up quite fast. I would have been 10 years old when that was Wild. Uh So this film came out. Um, That's so, the book. That's the book. Oh, it's the book. I'm like, why isn't it showing me the box office and stuff? I was so confused because I clicked <laughs> the wrong golem. Yeah, so that was also from Chris Columbus. He did both. Here we go. So Chris Columbus did this one as well. Yeah, 161 minutes, huh? Two hours and 41 minutes. Yeah, I think that's that's considered the longest Quite one. Quite long. Um, similar budget, 100 mil. Actually, a little bit less of a budget at 100 mil. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, a similarly lower box office at uh, just a measly $879.8 million. <laughs> More money than any even Batman film has ever made. Didn't do as yeah. good as the first movie. Yeah, yeah, but didn't do as good. So, But hey, they spent less to get it. That's true. Bada boom, bada bing. Um, I think this is when they also started to go away from on-location shooting because yeah. they realized they weren't getting what they wanted with the locations. They weren't getting that fantastical look and they, the set designer and like the, the world designer, yeah. he had all these ideas that just the world could not live up to yeah and he kept sort of evolving it through all of these it is true that on some level it is cheaper for them just to build the entire facade of a city versus filming in a real city i think it was mostly cheaper oh it's definitely cheaper (laughs) i think a lot of it was also um it wasn't living up to what they want what they envisioned in their head no place in reality could live up to it yeah and that makes sense i i agree with that they did create a truly fantastical world what was the setup for this one so they missed the train was that it 
Uh, yes, basically, Harry Potter was grounded at the beginning. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, and Her- and uh, Ron broke him out with the car. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then uh, so because they couldn't get through pl- the platform nine and three quarters, that's where you'd go to catch. Yeah, they the train were just a little too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So they flew. So, platform nine and three quarters, aka the only platform with an actual steam engine pulling up <laughs> in like the nineteen nineties or whenever this was supposed to be set. I still find it weird that there's that many people going through one column. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's nobody's a lot of noticing. People. Like, your kids are running in and out, and some people run into it. You know what I mean? I like, assume there's, like, illusions that make it so that those, per- like, you just don't see those people traveling through. The moment they hit it, you're wiped from, you know, there's a little spell on it that's, like, immediately as a, you're a muggle. It just, you know, kind of like the, the MIB flash. Yeah, but then, but then if you're security in that train station, you're like, why is this specific column the one that, like, so many people just run face first into? Okay. Do you off? not think that the um, supervisor, owner, or whatever... Is a wizard? Oh, but they never confirmed it in a movie, so I don't know. No, they is don't it think, confirmed in the books? No, I don't think so. Well, we don't know who this individual is. I I would assume the owner is a wizard, and the guards could be wizards. Or- what if, what if it's owned by like a mutual fund though? Nah, though I mean the whole place could be owned like by like a mutual fund or some other third party. Listen, the wizards. I don't. I never understood the concept of a poor wizard in this universe. Um, so that didn't make any sense to me. So I'm assuming it's owned by a wizard and everything yeah, is owned by yeah, a wizard. <laughs> I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. So anyway, they do end up making it back to Hogwarts, but then they gotta, they gotta find a secret in a chamber somewhere. And that's, <laughs> yeah, I think this movie had all the weakest parts. Yeah. Um, and it definitely was one of those things where we come back to it like, Oh, the, the, uh, they, they create, they set up things that they had no intention of setting up. And yep. then later on, they always come back to this movie. As remember that thing? Look, we totally planned this out. And immediately everyone went, no, you didn't. There's this plot hole. There's this plot hole. There's this plot hole. And it just doesn't make much sense. Like how did Moni Myrtle not see Ginny Weasley yes. constantly going in there? Yes. I remember Moni Myrtle now. Okay. I was curious if this was the one. So yeah, yeah. yeah this... None of it made any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it was also the most danger in theory, Dumbledore ever yeah. ever willingly put his students because through. if you're if you're a ghost hanging out in the bathroom, guarantee the only thing you're doing on a regular basis is watching people going in there and taking shits. Well, no like one was that's just yeah, no one was do. going in there in that place taking shit because it was haunted by Moaning Myrtle. Oh, gotcha. It gotcha. was an old bathroom that no one touches. Yeah, yeah. So it's like not only that, but like okay, they know that the snake is going through the plumbing, yet she didn't notice the snakes. It's like come on, like there's so many. It's plot a smart business on her part. So you 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 have one bathroom. You cause everyone to fear it, so they all go to a different bathroom. So you're double stacking in another bathroom. You get twice the poops going on. So if it is your goal as a ghost to watch all that shit happening, all that go down, then you then you would just secretly go to the other bathroom to watch it all. Yeah, See, she's thinking that's good business. Actually. See, and what Very I find smart. what I find hilarious is there was a start. Let, let's start a bit of the uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh, shit train here. Is this where it starts? We'll, we'll just start it a bit. We'll, Are we we'll in the drabble. beginning we'll, of the J.K. Rowling shit train? Yeah, we'll, we'll dibble oh it a bit. Oh my God. Uh, which is basically, she made a comment afterwards about what happened about plumbing and when did plumbing come yeah, in? Yeah. And I think her like tweet was something around the lines of uh, the wizards used to just shit in their pants basically yeah. and like make it disappear. I forget what the yeah, spell yeah. she used. Or make it just disappear. And I sat there and they're like, how in the world is plumbing an upgrade from that? Why is plumbing an upgrade? Why is the need to go somewhere else, take off your pants, shit, and then have it magically disappear in the in the tunnel? I mean, look, way? here's my thing. So they figured out a bunch of other stuff. They figured out textiles. They figured out, like, manufacturing on some level. They figured out how to make a steam engine. They did a lot of things. 
the the wizards. Yeah. So why they didn't they not, need steam engines? <laughs> but could they not figure out plumbing? Yeah, it's not even that. It's just I'm sorry, but if you could be like Adam, you can go to Walmart and you can buy pants that the moment you shit and piss, it just disappears into the void. Oh, I'd be shitting my pants left and right. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm why game. do I need a toilet in my house? I'm game. I'm just 100%. sitting there on my get, computer game going. <laughs> the, it's, oh, they can see the face you're making now. <laughs> they can, they see can see the face. See it. Oh yeah. my God. Just, so excited. <laughs> like a baby. Like, 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 you know what a baby, you know, you're a dad. Oh yeah. I've they just make it. that face. Of, I've seen it. I've seen the poop face. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know why that's an upgrade. Clearly that was one of those clear signs that JK Rowling did not plan this in the future. And I think that's one. That's one of her smallest sins. Yeah. Let's be clear. That's one of her smallest public sins. Yeah. Which was she made this made a lot of statements of um the I had this planned all along. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking lie to she's me. She's just dipping her toes in with that stuff. She's just dipping her toes a little bit, just tasting but the controversy. She's, she's clearly a liar. And and you can see in all of her interviews, yeah, yeah. she's like you know, I had Fantastical Beats and Dumbledore's life planned out this whole time. Like, bull fucking shit. Bullshit. You're a chronic liar. Stop it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> no one believes honestly, you. Like, <laughs> just ridiculous. So I, I just honestly, and then uh, well, that's just the beginning. That's just the toe dip of controversy with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. So, so we'll get more into that in a bit. So uh, anyway, moving moving on from this one, there was a basilisk. There was a he, he didn't he have to use a sword on that? Yeah. Okay. The best thing that came from this movie was um, oh my god, I'm forgetting his name, but um, Lockhart, the guy who played oh. Lockhart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, one of my favorite actors and directors of all time. Yeah. Um, he also did the first, uh, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Thor movies. Gilderoy Lockhart. That yeah. was that was his name. That was his name. Yeah, that was the character's name. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Um, Kenneth Branagh. That's it. Kenneth Branagh. Great director, great actor. Yeah. Um, great, great addition to that, that whole drama. But I think when Harry Potter really got good, like those two were children's movies, so they were limited by their value. It's kind yeah. of like a Home Alone can never be a great, a mechanically great movie. They're, they're movies, they made money, but I think where it really got good was Prisoner of Azkaban. And I don't think anyone doubts that. Uh, this is where it got good. This is where it got good. In fact, uh, here's this, this is an interesting thing for Hollywood as well. Uh, so you end up, uh, so Alfonso Cuaron. So he's the, uh, Mexican director, I believe. Director. I don't know if he's Mexican, but I know he's director. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's from Mexico because all the movies I saw from him early on were, um, uh, Spanish speaking. So like, um, Ito Mama Tambien, that was a movie I saw a long, long, long time ago. Mm. It's actually starring, uh, Diego Luna, who we would also know as, um, uh, um, name is escaping me now. I don't the know. Star who... Wars series that just aired. Oh, uh, from, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Andor series. Andor. Thank you. Cassie yeah. and Andor. Cassie and Andor. So, Andor yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, which is surprising. I forgot that cause I love that series, but, uh, but that's Diego Luna. He's that's where we got to start. Was he two mama tummy in? Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Other, that's an interesting uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. So also Gael Garcia Bernal, who, uh, he's played in a bunch of stuff now too. So anyway, I won't go too deep into that rabbit hole. All you got to know is, uh, I interesting that they would get that director, uh, who met, who did this movie. This is a, uh, Mama Tamiya was about, um, two young guys who end up befriending a mature woman and she oh, wants to boy. go on like a vacation and just bang them, bang, bang them both the whole time. Just lots of banging, lots of, lots of sexy stuff. Wow. In it. So spoiler warning. 
Turns out she's got a terminal illness, and she's just trying to live it up before she goes. And who better uh, to live it up with than these two sexy boys? And there's emotions so. and everything. Oh boy, that's is there a emotions. weird director to go from that straight to a Harry but Potter. But boy, I'm movie. glad they did. Yeah, so, because this this would have been the movie that got my buy-in, like it, full buy-in. Oh, this movie got the buy-in with yeah. the emotional change and how they rejigged everything and the darkness of it all. It was a fantastic. Fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, so the budget went up for this one, one thirty. So they thought they learned their lesson. Let's raise the budget. We we lower the budget, money goes down. We raise the budget, money should go back up. Not the case. Not the case. So here's the situation where they made a a what I would say is a higher quality film than the previous two. Maybe, oh, for sure. Maybe more so than the previous two combined. And uh, and yet the box office was slightly lower. Here's the first one swinging under eight hundred mil, which so. I find sucky because i do find that more artsy and more cerebral and more interesting movies become the less money they make oh definitely which definitely. really upsets me <laughs> and in fact uh, it's funny you're right about the second one being the longest i thought this was the longest turns out 20 minutes short no i think i i'm not 100 sure we'll see as we go through but i'm pretty sure chamber of secrets maintains as being the longest so one. some things that prisoner of azkaban does right is uh right right off the get-go introducing the um oh what the fuck are they screaming Screaming the specter type. The horse. Oh, the, um, I'm thinking Patronus, but that's what they fight against. Yeah, that's what they used to fight against them. Yeah, oh, yeah. my Lord. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. This is what, what happens when you get old. <laughs> <laughs> and this is live now, so we're just going to continue on. Anyway, uh, so he ends up, you can look it up on yours, but yeah. yeah. So, but uh, quickly introduces, though, uh, some characters in it. Uh, mystery character, this prisoner of Azkaban, this person. Who, so, key to the story, key to unlocking all the mysteries going on around them. Dementors are the creatures. Dementors, yep. And uh, the Dementors are officially, they're guarding this prison, which is why the whole, why they're even included in there. Turns out the prisoner, they're trying to um, sort of uh, get in touch with. Uh, who's the key to solving this mystery introduced to the film is played by uh, the one and only Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. And he fucking rocks it. He rocks Just it. Just absolutely rocks this I role think on every level. The reason he's so good at it is because you need someone that can be believable early on, look like, and kind of act very villainous. Right. Just with his face. But then the moment the coin flips and you realize that he's actually a good guy, he can be a caring father figure. And Gary Oldman has that back and forth. We've seen him be horrible villains and great humans. And I think he was a fantastic choice for that. Absolutely. Uh, what was his name? Something Black? What was Sirius it? Black. Sirius Black. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Very very cool character in the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, Gary Oldman at the absolute peak of Gary Oldmanism. Like, just slated in this role. Oh, so yeah. This, and then this film came out in uh, 2004 as well. I don't think we mentioned that. Any, or 2003. Yeah. Nope. 2004. And this one also introduced one of the most confusing and mystique uh, objects in all of the Harry Potter universe. What's that? The Marauder's Map. Ooh, interesting. What about I the solemnly map? swear that I am up to no good? Interesting. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, there's no one knows quite how to explain it, and it seems like a very powerful artifact for it to just be left in a school. Yeah. Like totally. It's one of those, like, this is, like, absurdly powerful. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, clearly falling into the wrong hands would be a problem. Uh, but falling into the hands of children, not a problem. Not a problem. So, yeah, yeah, not a problem at all. So the, what would children possibly do with it? Uh, they did some really great things in this one where they added to the style. This is where they really disconnected from the real-world shows and the the castle became its own. And they also, isn't this the first one, or maybe it's the next one. Isn't this the first one where they do... Um, no, it's got to be the next one where they do the town of Hogsmeade. 
Uh, ooh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I forget where Hogsmeade. I'm pretty sure this was Hogsmeade. Yeah, I think Hogsmeade was in this one. But I'm sure, Hogsmeade. Uh, a cool little town. Uh, butter beer, all that shit, right? All that's going on. Yeah. So yeah, was, I get a butter beer anytime I see one at a bar. Woo! I get a butter beer down at uh, what was that Universal? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the frozen one. So oh. what was it? It was kind of um. Not quite butterscotchy, but yeah. sort of apple toffee. It's usually sort of Adam like, butterscotchy, apple-y butterscotchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very good. I, I quite liked it. But yeah, I got kind of a little bit of root beer, too. Yeah. yeah, I got the blended one. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, good. it's a, it, I, I think in this one, this is when it started to go dark, where you still had that wonderment. Yeah. Um, but it was dark wonderment with the time Shit, turner. And you have this fear of the yep. hippogriff, uh, Buckbeak, I think his name was. Yep dying and there's this great wonderment of all of that and i still think that did a good job of keeping wonderment but going that starting down the path of dark that's right that's right yeah just uh again character wise doing very well um lord vault oh no wait uh serious black uh, allegedly a supporter of voldemort in this but at this point we still haven't seen voldemort so although they did find his alter ego, Tom Riddle, his journal in the second movie. So right, yeah. you're starting to get some tidbits, too, about the overarching story here, which yes. is exciting. It's, it's great. And um, hilariously enough, they did define that the, I think it's in the books, not in the movies, where they defined that the uh, Dementors would more easily work for Voldemort anyway. I'm like, why the hell would you put someone that you act, the government actively knows would turn tail for Voldemort <laughs> as prisoners of his followers Look, this doesn't fucking make any sense jk rowling planned this out from the beginning trust me voldemort's gone we're not worried about him okay not a problem not a problem yeah so and then um goblet of fire so that's the next one that came out so book published in 2000 movie comes out in 2005 um i think so, this was also a huge turning point for this move for this series totally yeah because yeah. this has the first death in it Yes, it does, and a high-profile actor as well, uh, because in this, they actually introduce... Um, Robert Pattinson. The one and only the Batman, <laughs> but as, as a boy wizard, not as Batman. As a boy wizard, yeah. 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 At that so, point, we had no idea who was. As a uh, popular, nice boy, Cedric uh, Diggory. Cedric Diggory? That's right, Cedric Diggory. Cedric Diggory, that's it. That's right, that's right. Cedric, Cedric Diggory, Diggory, dude. Rolls off the tongue. Just rolls off the tongue like most names in uh, Harry Potter. Honestly, first of all, it was a really cool action-packed movie, I yep. thought. Uh, the first one, the, the uh, Azkaban, was, I felt, very darker and slower and more um, philosophy. This one was a bit more of a action romp. Yep. Until... The last fucking moment. They're, they really pulled the rug under you because they're like, okay, there's definitely something weird going on throughout this movie and you feel something's off. But it is just a, hey, we're fighting dragons. We're having an adventure. We're doing, you know, little challenges and stuff like that. It's a tournament. It's fun. Everything's yeah, yeah. fun, you know. And then right at the end, there's a father crying, like ugly face crying over his dead son. And I I think I was sitting there going, oh, my God. This just changed this series. The first death on scene. Isn't, isn't this the one as well that gives you uh, a crinkled up baby Voldemort? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it a is. real disturbing image. Because this, this is when too. Voldemort returns. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But, uh, but it, it, it's not quite the big return yet. The big return is the next one where you get the full... You get the full on uh, no. the boy who lived come to die. No, that's this one. That's this one. Yeah, it's right oh at the end because he God. hits the key port, and that's how Cedric Diggory that's dies because right. he goes up against that's Voldemort. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he uses uh, Harry's blood to bring him back. Damn. 
Um, yeah. Damn. So yeah, that's uh, and and for even anybody who hasn't seen the series, even if you're a little bit younger, you, you Gen Zers out there, if you're listening, look, that's where this came from. So it was it was this movie right here? Yeah. So that's uh, Goblet of Fire. Honestly, Goblet they got a really good actor at this point because I don't think he played. Um, I don't think he played Voldemort in the first one where he was just the head on the back yeah, of Pearl's head. So. Yeah. But this time they got uh, what was Ra- the name? Ralph of the, Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. Oh, what an amazing Woo! actor! Woo! Actually, he'll be in my uh, he'll be in my playing and or watching today. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. so uh, very very uh, brilliant. Brilliant actor, wildly menacing man. Oh, so yeah. he, he's he's brilliant at doing that. So, which is why he's so good as Voldemort. Uh, Voldemort being introduced as well. What an absolute horror uh, in terms of kids' films. One thing I want to point out is everything up to date that we're talking about with Harry Potter. I mean, there's been games that we're not really talking about that has come throughout this. With each of the movies comes its uh, carryover game. Mm-hmm. All of the games that have come out as of now were all games based on the books. Or based on the movies. Yeah. And in fact, if you look at the... What uh, what I find funny is if you look at the cover art for each of the games, the first few games base their artwork off the book covers, or at least were inspired by. Uh, that's a weird... I don't know. That's Lego Creator. So, so you can see like this the artwork one, yeah. style is very... From the books. Like the, it's not... It doesn't look like Daniel Radcliffe. It looks like Harry Potter from the covers of the books. But then if you keep going down... Correct. Yeah. Keep looking down a bit later... Uh, once you get to like, uh, that's Book of Spells. That's a VR game. What are they not showing them? Oh, they're just jumping. They're not showing the other ones. I don't know. No, those aren't all of them. Um, so they they start the art style that we're following the books. We're based on the books. And then until about. Even, even Lego Harry Potter looks more like Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. Than, than this Harry Potter. Yeah, it's because it's earlier. Kid. But the, um, yeah. the, the game started to use the cover of the movies. Yeah. As their selling point. Because I think it's very clear that... Notice we're talking about the movies. Yep. We've read these books. That's right. I've read these books that we're talking about up until Order of the Phoenix. I've read them. And yet, what I cite all the time are the movies. That's right. Because the movies are what made this franchise. Yeah. They defined it. They defined the art style. Yeah. They defined a lot of the important characters. Because there's so many characters in the books that just don't get mentioned in the movies. Yeah, true story. Um, And there's some characters that are combined and and split and so on and so forth. Sure. But when everyone talks about this universe, they talk about the movies and the art of the movies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you mentioned earlier uh, just like the design of like Hogwarts and the layout and how everything looks. Like, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, it, it, the, those Warner Brothers films laid it all out, and the games and everything else reflects that now. So Supposedly, because of the Marauders map, when Prisoner of Azkaban, they got rid of... Remember I talked about how they got rid of like the filming on site? Mm-hmm. During that, they had to um, basically design Hogwarts layout. Yeah. And they had to figure all that out. Yeah. So at that point, they were starting to like, okay, we know how Hogwarts is laid out. These are the movie people, not... J.K. Rowling writing yeah. the book, so I I I ha, I I get it. J.K. Rowling started. She kind of gave the mm-hmm. the energy to kick it started. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the writers, the screenwriters, and the set designers oh, totally. well that really made this universe. Oh, totally. Yeah. In fact, uh, I remember Universal. You can actually go up in or Islands of Adventure. Anyway, you can go actually up in Hogwarts. Yeah. And like you, because you go through there in the line to get to the the whatever ride. The ride. Yeah. 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 The is that the Hagrid's ride? Yeah. 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 It's incredible. 
it's incredible. Even the detail they put in there, it looks everything looks legitimate. There's pictures that are moving and animated, and like it's absolutely wild. It's I remember, like, so cool, so sick. So anyway, but uh, I, I, I just want to talk about. I just want to talk about the games. Weren't like we're not really mentioning the games because I don't. They were shit games, first of all. Well, we'll get there, but it's it's largely Lego based for about the first decade. No, 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 no. <laughs> this this timeline that you're looking at is missing a whole chunk of it. Is it really? Yeah, because there were games specifically tied to the movies. Weird. Uh, like, look, you can see the games right there and the artwork there. Oh, yeah. You're right. So, so I don't know what your timeline is looking at there, but they brought out um, games that were specifically tied and titled of oh, matching the movies. Oh, here, look. Okay. Oh, there we go. That makes oh, sense. There's two timelines. There's so many Harry Potter games. They broke them down into <laughs> two timelines. The, the main film ones. Oh, you're right. That is a book cover. So, and then if you yeah. go down to the next one, you can see it's also following the book cover. Chambers. And then go to the next oh. one. I think Prisoner of Azkaban. Nope. One more. Oh, that, that was the wrong one, though, I think. Oh, that's Philosopher's Stone. Prisoner of Azkaban. There you go. Ah, now they're starting to follow. That's cheap 3D art. Yeah. That's cheap but it's still, you can art. see that they're trying to go yeah. for Daniel Radcliffe, Ru yeah, yeah. Rupert, and uh, Emma Watson. Well, now. it's just different enough. You can tell they didn't want to pay him. Yeah, just different enough yeah. to like. Okay. And then now that Goblet of Fire, Goblet they fire, just went right all in. in. They're all in. <laughs> they that just took a, a picture of. It uh, is a picture of Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you see how that went. Like clearly, when it started, it was about the books. Yeah, it became about the movies. The books were secondary; they didn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. The the movies were where it's at. The movies defined the Harry Potter universe. Oh, totally. totally. Absolutely, without a doubt. Which so, is why they're our main topic. Of you're today. right. That's interesting. Yeah, because that made the switch right there around 2005. 2005, they officially took over. Yeah. So, wild, wild. Pretty That's crazy stuff. Out. Yeah, good call out. So, moving on from, uh, again, this is, uh, in our opinion, probably one of the better Harry Potter films here oh. in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. We're moving right into Harry Potter and Order of the Phoenix. Actually, it's kind of like three, four, five. Just bang, bang, bang. All pretty decent. Yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? Because even even this one is pretty good. I liked Order of the Phoenix. Cool plot twist in it. It focuses very much just on Hogwarts itself and the politics that are going on there. And and I really appreciated that about this film. I think this one gets into, it goes past Hogwarts more. This is the one where they start to not talk about Hogwarts. No, much. this is no. This is the one where they end up uh, getting the bad, uh, the bad lady, the bad, um, what's her face? Is that this one? Pretty sure. Order of the Phoenix, yeah. It's like where they have to go like underground because they have a bad headmaster, isn't it? Uh, I don't think so. Pretty sure. Um, Order of the Phoenix was based on the um, the older group. So they were rebuilding the Order of the Phoenix from the... This is because Harry, because Voldemort's back, they're rebuilding it from the the Weasleys and right. so on and so right. on. And this is the true return of the Death Eaters and everything. This is this is when the war isn't just Harry Potter in Hogwarts anymore. This is when there's now a resistance group and they're trying to convince, they spend most of their time in this one trying to convince the government that Voldemort exists. Yeah, you're right. Which one had a, it must be the next one. I think it's the next one. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm conflating yeah. the two then. Um, so anyway, yeah, you're correct. So this is the one where they have to go outside. Is this one where they end up having to go like... Um, Back to Diagon Alley, they end up having to find like an underground sort of cave system, and it, there's like a dragon down there. And anyway, all this stuff. I don't remember that part. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, might just be making that up. <laughs> I don't remember Could that just part. Be completely made up. So anyway, uh, this is the one where they have the really cool wonderment of, uh, which I still find funny that there's a scene where Harry Potter is sitting there in wonderment when the building splits and expands. Yeah. To find the hidden building underneath for the Order of the Phoenix, and Harry Potter is just. Oh my god, and and all just amaze. Are you fucking kidding me? You saw the TARDIS of camping tents in the last book. <laughs> this surprises you now? 
Yes. This is a Tuesday. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh my God. But this one definitely went outside. This one stopped feeling like it was about Hogwarts. Yeah, it's and about the ministry. Like, it's about the like, ministry yeah, yeah, more, yeah. 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 The mystery of magic, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So it does It does go pretty far out there. Oh, and they also have, don't they have a big battle at the end of this one too? Harry and Voldemort? Is it, or Dumbledore and Voldemort have it. Oh, this is that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah where okay. they're, zapping, they're zapping each other in the sewers, just zapping, zapping left and right. Yes. Um, Two I, different colors, everybody. I think this is also the one where they introduce uh, Luna Lovegood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Luna. Uh, definitely a fan favorite, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And she's, you know what? She's, first of all, a very kind person. Yep. The, the, the actress. Yeah. And I think she's got a very interesting tale that people really connect with. Yep. Uh, with her anorexia Tragic. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where she got out of it, and that was really great. And obviously, everyone thought she was really cute, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, honestly, it's it's a really good story, both in and out of the movies. Mm. Mm. Good. Well, yeah, there's kind of a side story here. Yeah, because they also include Neville and Ginny a lot in this. Ginny, of course, being Ron Weasley's sister, ends up being the kind of beau for uh, for Harry. In yeah, Lord, I'm know? not going to lie. I I don't know if I agree with that decision. Well, I'm good with it. I I, I don't. It always felt weird to me because yeah. I never really understood the relationship, at least in the movies, came yeah. out of nowhere, <laughs> in hmm. my opinion. When they just showed her as his wife at the end, I kind of went, Really? <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah man yeah it was it was sudden but they also skipped like I, I we'll get to this in a bit but weird decisions were made at the end of that i don't fully understand we'll yeah, get yeah to fair that. enough we'll get to that so anyway so this film also you think that uh ron when harry's like man i i'm sorry but i banged your sister last night you don't think ron is like you fucking son of a bitch i wanted to see that scene <laughs> i wanted that scene to happen dude so it would it would have been good so um Anyway, budget the budget is kind of not laid out here. It says 150 to 200 mil for this one. Box office 942. So climbing back up there a little bit. Uh, Half Blood Prince. This is the this is sort of the second to last film because the last film is broken up into two parts. So Half Blood Prince. Um, is this the one I'm thinking of? Uh, who the hell knows? It doesn't say in here. So about the plot and <laughs> and anyway, they probably happened a few films ago anyway. Um, so yeah, Half Blood Prince is interesting because this is Harry Potter circling back around now, and there's a plot line that involves one of the teachers in the school who's always been somewhat divisive. So oh yeah, yeah. so this is uh, I forget her name now, but yeah, you're right, the one who always wears pink. I think the one that generally people consider a worse villain than Voldemort. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I, th I thought that was is that this film then? I'm pretty sure it's this film. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And then on top of that, you also have. Um, Front and center, uh, Snape. What so, about him? It's because he is the half -blood Dolores prince. Umbridge. But Snape is the half blood prince, isn't that? Yes, he is. Yeah, it yeah. turns out that the the potion book that they get is yeah. him. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. yep. So that's anyway, this one. So and uh, he's a fan favorite as well, Snape. So definitely a divisive. Oh, you're for right. A long she time. did show up in Harry Potter. Um, is the primary antagonist of the fifth novel, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. You're so right. She was in that, yeah. and then. Uh, so that, that was just, and, and obviously a lot happened in that film. That was just the part I seem to remember the most of is just the, like the Order of the Phoenix kind of getting pushed underground and then the students having to like train one another as a result of that. Oh, so is that because, that one too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was, it was, there was a lot going on in that one. Yeah, there, there was. was there was a lot on that one. So, but uh, anyway, this one uh, definitely sort of ramping up here to the final, uh, the final play. Um, this is also, yeah, this is the, this is the dramatic. I think this is where they reveal the, um, this is the, the, the Horcruxes. The Horcruxes is a big one in this. Also, mm -hmm. Snape arrives and appears to kill Dumbledore. Oh, right. Oh, he does kill Dumbledore. 
It doesn't he does? appear to. This is, I remember this being a very famous one in the books. Yeah. Because this is when um, on page 110 or whatever, yeah. Snape kills Dumbledore. Like, oh, this gotcha. was around the time where before the internet could was really the what we know today, we didn't have like Twitter where people could just message the moment yeah. they're in a theater uh, <laughs> or reading a book. Yep. Where it was, we protected um, spoilers quite heavily. And there was a huge joke because the internet was coming online and trolls were coming online and they would tell everyone what was happening. It became a huge political problem. Yeah, this was 2009 when this came out. So certainly spoilers would have been a thing at that point. Everybody on cell phones at that point. But they didn't have cell phones that could like this was just at the cusp of the internet getting big enough that you could just message out something. Yeah. Out of nowhere, out of your pocket. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Not not like nowadays. Holy shit, man. Yeah. So this... This was not, I found this movie to be kind of boring. Uh, don't be wrong, it's no Chamber of Secrets bad. It must have been because I remember almost nothing about it and I just watched it a couple years ago. <laughs> so, so it must have been pretty boring. Yeah, it was definitely the weaker of them. Interesting, sure. interesting. So Deathly Hollows is where the series ends, part one, part two. They came out in 2010, 2011. It was developed as a, as a two-part deal uh, and they definitely got their mileage out of it. That's oh, for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. So the first one dropped in uh, 2000. 10 so that one 250 million box off, i'm sorry 977 box office and i've been watching it chamber secrets is still the longest now if you look at this though uh shared budget between the two films part one and part oh, two, that's 250 a, that, okay. so probably the most profitable films then because this other than the first one because yeah this came right up against one billion in the second part uh also i think bumped right up against that so it was right in there actually 1.3 billion, billion so the for highest the highest grossing one. for the second one so talk about a studio completely make like bank dude just getting it down to the number man 250 mil to make i mean basically like 2.2 billion dollars like it's now yeah you know it's insane it's absolutely insane and to do that over a two-year period as well which is very impressive yeah it's a good long-term keep having money come in type of thing and man by that point i mean just what a cast by the end of this thing just the amount of big names that you have in there oh i think it got God. big enough that people wanted to stick around people wanted to uh, these were the movies that I think started to really become, these were the adult movies where everything had to close. Not everything was going to be happy. We had the scene that was added, but never happened in the books. And this is what I'm talking about where I think the books didn't define Harry Potter. The movies did. Yeah. And that's because of things like what happened, This the final scene for Dobby. Gotcha. Which is okay. famously yeah, heart-wrenching. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Um, and they made some pretty interesting changes and cuts to make things clear. Um, they, they had some really great, great ones on yeah, this. yeah 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 so uh but this is where some of the this is where some of the confusing things start to come in here for me so you got a studio you got warner brothers studio uh in large part because at this point they hadn't really ramped up dc to any extent so harry potter is their biggest sort of sort of pop culture property oh, at yeah, this point for right? sure so it goes out on a bang 250 mil they've made 2.2 2.3 billion dollars so like what, like, what the hell? Like, did nobody watch the end of the second film before it actually released to wide audience? How did they end up just saying, like, okay, clearly most popular f- film franchise of all time. Like, the amount of money we just made in the last decade is just obscene, yeah. right? Along with all the merch and everything that kind of went along with that. So you get to the end of Harry Potter, uh, uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two, And what do you got? You got, uh, you're jumping from the end of the battle. Right, where where you know okay. uh, the battle at Hogwarts, you're jumping right from that, right into the next scene is you know Harry Potter and Ginny, and all the other guys seeing their kids off, so they could go to Harry Potter or to to Hogwarts. Hogwarts. 
at, at platform nine and three quarters. Like, yeah. what, like, so who was high when they said that was okay? Why is that at a the problem? studio? Why the fuck isn't a problem? Because this is like, why wouldn't they just have kept it going? They, oh. they fucking own it. They own it. It literally belongs to okay. them. The film rights. Okay, here's the deal. Here's here's one thing I agree with what they made and then unmade their mistake, which was they knew and rightfully should know when it's time to die, it's time to fucking Bubby die die. Get out, make your money, don't don't live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Yeah. The problem is is they almost had that where they could just walk away and go do another series. And that's what they need. A lot of people need to learn to do is don't just keep beating that, that pinata you need to end. And it ended. And that was, out. I was happy with that. Yeah. The problem was that what they made, they made a mistake of putting a lot of people put too much love into JK Rowling. And I think now is a good time to start talking about two things kind of closely tied together. I know what one of those things is. Yeah. One of them is JK Rowling wrote the screenplay for Fantastic Beasts. Yep. She did not write the screenplay for any of the other movies. That's right. And which one of those sucked? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, on yeah, this yeah. one, Alex, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is ding, Fantastic ding, ding, Beasts? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's clearly, I think there's, she writes okay books. Yeah. Warner Brothers makes great movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where they fucked up. Now, it was also around the time of the second Fantastic Beast where she also screenplayed. What the fuck? I I can't even fathom. The, I cannot even fathom. Well, because I think it's because Fantastic Beast was all right. People were hungry for Harry Potter again. So it got a lot of people to come in and see it. But it was only all right. Yeah. At best, it was all right. So... And I also I love Eddie. Uh, what is it? Eddie Maine? Eddie Redmayne? Oh yeah, yeah, he's great. Oh he's god, great. Yeah, I, yeah. I I am upset that he got the short straw on this because um, I really like him in this world. And I mean, like it, it's a powerhouse cast of at least male figures anyway. Because you do have you have Jude Law, you have Eddie Redmayne, you have John well, that's Depp specifically Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, yeah, and then and then once you get to the Secrets of Dumbledore, so this is the final of the trilogy of Fantastic Beasts. I mean, go go ahead and just slot in there, freaking Mads Mikkelsen. Well, he in, plays in place of play. <laughs> in place of Johnny Depp, right? Yeah, better choice, I think, ultimately, right? But um, but ultimately, you know, not the strongest films, and it's tough because. Only the first film is really about Fantastic Beasts. So yeah. it just it, it puts them in a really tough spot. Like it's 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 a weird film franchise. It's not topical to the title. Like it's just it's very strange. I think the problem is is JK Rowling did the thing where she started. This is where her problems started. Yeah. Because people were going, "Hey, your Fantastic Beasts don't make quite sense anymore and you're making adult movies and adult yeah, stories yeah. now yeah you need to start making sense oh no i had this plan from the beginning dumbledore is gay the whole time <laughs> and like you fuck like no she's doubling down man <laughs> yeah you, you're lying to us stop lying and then she, they made crimes of criminal like well this is this is what was planned for the fantastic piece no you didn't you made one movie based on a book a, a, a passing title of a book that right. showed up in the main series right great idea yeah i loved the idea of the first one but why did it suddenly get turned into the backstory of Dumbledore? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's honestly, it's 
bizarre. Like it's th- fucked. This is one of the most bizarre turns in film history that I can imagine. And something must have happened in there if we were to go and look up the history of, you know, Warner Brothers. I bet there was some change of change of hands there in 2014, 2015. And yeah. they were like, what the fuck are we doing with Harry Potter? And then they gave her a shot. She's like, oh, I've already written this script for, for the film called Fantastic Beasts. And they're like, fucking make it. Yeah. Throw all the money at it. But so. I think the problem was is, um, and we're talking about what defines this franchise, right? One of the things that defines this franchise is that wonderment that I keep talking about. Yeah. The first Fantastic Beats had a sense of wonderment with That's all right. these little beasts and this new world. But the second and third movie lost that. And I was just looking at the diminishing returns on that. It diminished by over 200 million for each subsequent Fantastic Beast. Yeah. First one made 800 and then by the by the time the third one dropped, it made 400 million on a budget of 200 million, which means with its advertising budget, it probably just about broke even. And I think this is the Damn. I think this is where we need to start talking Damn. about the um the, the LGBT trans uh, elephant in the room. Yeah, so uh here's a writer who's dealing with complex uh love good evil story arcs with gay characters, which is fine. So the tricky part comes in though when you know, along with the gay characters, you tra- you tend to attract the LGBT uh, Q plus community because you should, right? You yeah. should attract that community. This is this is a and world then, with outsiders and weird people. Correct. And with and then she did attract that community. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this this became kind of like um Sorry, I don't mean weird people, I mean people who feel different yeah people that's what i feel like they're outside yes right that's what i should so they present this character who's supposed to capture all of them you know what i mean and capture their hearts and minds and then he did but among those people are of course transgender and it turns out this is the thing that nobody could have predicted (laughs) out of every group that there is you you call it gay furry lesbian (laughs) uh any anybody you name anybody transgender is the one she's got a real problem with yeah (laughs) she's been fairly vocal about it and And i the best part was when it came out she doubled down and she's doubled down and she's doubled down i remember that this was like 2018 2017 somewhere around there and i remember being on maybe it was twitter or facebook where it all blew up but i remember thinking like oh she'll backtrack it this is, this is a temporary the miscommunication. She yeah, says yeah, something, yeah. or she's just said something dumb, and she's going to politically she's, quiet she's her. British, opinion. we can barely understand her anyway in, the, in, in America. So I don't even know. So it's uh, it turns out no, that's really what she thinks and feels. And she's um, what's the type of feminism she subscribes to? I don't remember uh, the title. It's 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 a very toxic kind because it, it's it's the kind that tends to. Um, pick and choose, but also tries to set the rules and boundaries for who may say that they are female. So oh. that's the problem. It's it's a type of feminism that that dictates feminism versus like includes people into uh, it's not it's it's about empowering certain kinds of women. Correct. It's exclusionary, not inclusionary. Got it, right? got it. So okay, it, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but that's just what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, you know, it's it's a fact. Just how, right? how it comes out. And oh, uh and, and it turns out among those that are excluded are transgender. So in, in JK Rowling's immaculate <laughs> opinion, uh you cannot you cannot essentially call yourself female if you do not currently or have never had um uh ovaries that she yeah she just makes she just goes crazy on this and i clearly it affects the box office but i think this is an important topic to discuss segregated of the opinions i think we've kind of made our opinions Without saying our opinions, we've made our opinions pretty clear. It's well, the <laughs> fact that this is surprising to us should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I think what's interesting here is that there's a lot of discussion now. Now we're kind of coming back to Hog- legacy of Hogwarts or Hogwarts legacy. And there's a lot of boycotts going on around that, a lot of yep. hatred towards that because of the tie to mm-hmm. um, uh, J.K. Rowling. 
I think what needs to be asked about the Harry Potter franchise, because we know we've defined what, like, what are some key things that you think are important to the Harry Potter universe that define, I've said the wonderment. Yeah. Uh, constant wonderment. Inclusion now. Inclusion, inclusion now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Inclusion to people who are outside or people who are generally yeah. feel different than society yeah. and so on and so forth. And for a long time, it did a good job of that. Yeah. You, you have a, a, a early on. Redhead character. Then you have you know popular female characters. Then <laughs> yeah, you have Luna. A gay character. Then yeah, then you have Luna, who's who's had an eating disorder, right? So it does. Uh, there's an Asian wizard, right? So I mean, for for a while, it did okay. Yeah, it was including people like, hey, you look like you you look you can you can also be a wizard, probably maybe. So, yeah, and they did a good job with that for a long time. And then they fell off the horse. So here's the question that I've got. Yeah, do you think that the creator, a creator's opinion outside of the universe, has an impact and has a defining impact on that universe. Do you think the universe is beyond JK Rowling now? Or do you think that it is deserving to be for the whole franchise potentially get shut down because she's bigoted? This is a very complex question. Um, I, I would only say this when it comes to properties nowadays, especially when it's tied to a media other than books, um, someone else is making money on that too. So in yeah. this case, you know, we're talking about a, if you're talking about a game, you're talking about Warner Brothers Studios. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about um, if the you're talking about the films, you're also talking about Warner Brothers, <laughs> yeah. right? So it, it's tricky. It's tricky. Uh, what we can see though, based on based on the films, you know, sort of being tied to that, the Fantastic Beast films being tied to that as well over the last few years, um, definitely diminishing returns. And that could just be, you know, call it the quality of the film, quality of the writing, whatever you want to. I call, call it. it a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both. And I I I wish the Discord was more about the terribleness of the movies. Yeah, because that's what I'm here for. Right. Um, but I definitely think obviously her opinions have an impact. That's right. Yeah. But should it? Do you think that that is a defining factor? Of what makes Harry Potter Harry Potter? I mean, it depends on who you are. I mean, if, if you've been there since the beginning, yeah, probably. Because, I mean, you've probably grew up idolizing, uh, to some extent, you know, this individual, right? So it's, it's, and this is the problem we run into time and time again in modern, in the modern era when it comes to actors and writers and people like that is, is they tend to be controversial. And lately, with, you know, the internet and everything, we tend to find out people are, controversial for really specific ultra specific terrible things they've done yeah. or said so it, it's tough I, I would just say this it's you know it's bad that she's doubled down on it and tripled down on it quadrupled down on it she still makes comments about it on twitter and stuff like that like yeah. she's, she can't put it down she's fishing for for drama she really really is and in that i can't agree with it's just it's a bad way to run business right yeah. so and, and it's also a poor it's also a poor example for the children she claims to be a role model for you know what i mean be yep. having been a single mother working her way up from nothing you know what i mean it's just it's a poor role model and uh and, and i hope people aren't taking her example or taking her bait although it's clear they are on Twitter. So, but what I'll say is this is I'm also over. Um, I'm also over trying to judge people unless the crime is too bad, but trying to judge people for, for simple slip ups, you know what yep. I mean? And, and one off things. I look back to like, you know, Al Franken is an example. James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. There are, uh, you know, other examples as well of people that we, you know, uh, the media crucified, you know, over certain things. Right. And, and it's, I think we have to be careful to not be in a world where public figures are expected to be perfect. Okay? And not because only that, but they we expect them to... I, I think my our problem... Sorry, continue. I, I'll talk about mine. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then on top of that, I think people, in some cases, unless they've hurt, like, hurt someone, like children or you know someone specific, yep. right? So I, I think that people do deserve a chance to kind of make things right. Yeah. The trouble is with J.K. Rowling, is she's clearly not going to take that road. No, no. Soon, so I think there's a... I, I'm personally of the opinion that um, celebrities uh, need to shut the fuck up. 
Um, I'm sorry, but when I, not a bad idea. Yeah. When I join a company, um, my personal opinions, my personal political opinions, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, I don't go to my company and start spouting my political and religious views. Yeah. Not that I have any religious views, but I, I don't do that because yeah. I'm in a company. I'm in, I'm in a bigger group. It's but not it's, about me. It's it's the opportunity for self-martyrdom, though. That's what's driving this uh, for the dissenting opinion. So, for instance, when you have J.K. Rowling saying this stuff and her films have a diminishing return, so what she says is, I'm being canceled because I have this strong opinion and I'm a strong feminist, this type of feminist, whatever that type of feminist is, right? Yeah. So, same thing with uh, some of the other cancellations that are slowly happening out there. I'm tr- I just had one pop into my head. Um, all, about, I'm, all I can think of was the chick from uh, Mando. Uh, yeah, that was what I was thinking. It was Cara Dune. Uh, Cara Dune, yeah. What's her name? Ronda, um, uh, no. Ronda, no, not no, Ronda. No, wrong, wrong one, wrong one. Anyway, we'll figure yeah, that out yeah. later. So, but, you know, Disney did, in fact, uh, have a clause where she's not supposed to be talking politics on her personal profiles, like her verified profile oh, yeah. on social media. I personally she, think. She broke that, and then, and then she got canceled because of her contract. But now she'll claim that she was canceled because of her politics, which is not the case. She was canceled because in her contract, she it stated you are not to create controversy through your social media, yeah. and yet she went and did it anyway. I, I get it. You have a platform. You're a leader, and people... I think the problem is we as viewers, we as fans, yeah. expect these people to make statements. We expect them to use their platform to, air quotes, better society, um, or make statements to in their way. The problem is when you have this many... Um, celebrities yeah statistically speaking there's going to be some of them that don't agree with you so you're going to go make an opinion you're i fantasize about you being a leader you're a good person because you're good because your character is good in the movie yeah so i think you're a good person and then when you're like yeah jews suck yeah like wait what yeah (laughs) so you've pushed them to be that you've told them you need to make an opinion you need to you need to pick a side yeah yeah no, and then they pick a side, and they don't pick your side, and you're angry. Yeah. And you're like, how about everyone just shut the fuck up? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, uh, <laughs> so many celebrities have done so much better for themselves if they just understood where to draw the line. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it's it's getting out of hand, in particular in 2022 with the big Kanye meltdown as well. Like, we oh, yeah. saw that all yeah. go down. Like, just what what an absolute implosion from a man who is, who is by and large, mentally ill. You know what I mean? And yet yet he's managed to cancel, cancel himself as a mentally ill individual. Yeah, and I so I think... My opinion is there is a line to be drawn yeah. where something like, um, is the creator separate of this? Yes. I don't view Hogwarts legacy. I'm not into boycotting Hogwarts legacy because of J.K. Rowling. Now I do have a problem with she's earning some money from it. Mm-hmm. Right. But there are so many other people earning their money. Yes. So, so people, people who are just earning a living too. Yeah. Am I yeah. going to punish those people? For her? No, I'm not into that. So there's like probably 300 people working on this game for Warner Brothers Studios. Oh, yeah. Probably more. Probably more. So that's 300 people who are trying to make a living. They've been laboring on this for probably three to four years. Like, honestly, it's a huge, huge, huge production. And and I believe it is kind of ethically wrong even to try and punish them because of J.K. Rowling. Yeah, and the fact is what I do, what I have found funny is I've watched ads in different 
things mm-hmm. as I'm researching this. And you realize that on one side they go, J.K. Rowling was here helping us out, guiding us along the way. And then in another ad, another yeah. dev talk over on the other side, like, nope, she had no involvement. Right. And you're like, well, which one is it? Right. <laughs> and I'm sure if you look up charitable causes for her, I'm sure she's involved in a ton of charitable causes. So it's, again, this comes down to we, we have to sort of move away from trying to cancel someone for one opinion that we disagree with. And and at the end of the day, you're right or wrong, it is an opinion and, and people are entitled to them. You know yeah. what I mean? And you can vehemently disagree with what they have to say, but they are entitled to say it in free countries. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I, I think there's a huge thing, but I, I think when it comes down to Harry Potter, what matters here yeah. is that... At this point, it has passed her. She is clearly totally. not the future of this generation. Correct. Uh, uh, sorry, of this franchise. Correct. Um, the best that she did was launch it. Yep. Um, and the movies that were separate of her made it what it is. Yeah. And when they got her more involved, it went downhill. That's right. So let's take the next step a little further from her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, and, and that's not even because of her opinions. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do. I'm not saying that because of her opinions. I'm saying that because clearly... She's not that good. <laughs> I mean, my advice to Warner Brothers would be to bring her in for the meetings, placate her, and as soon as she leaves the room, make your movie. <laughs> just cut her right out of it. So cut her right out of it. Be like, wow, JK, you're slaying it with these ideas. These ideas are money. We're so excited about them. There's a there's a whiteboard that's directly connected to a shredder. Right as soon as the meeting's done, it's automated, so she shuts the door. Just it's wild, man. It's wild. So funny too, she was actually writing a book from the viewpoint of like a transgender murderer oh, when yeah. she was going through all She's that as weird. well. Just absolutely wild. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so but I think it has to be brought up because it is it is impacting the franchise and oh, it's totally. important to the franchise. And I think it sucks that it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Everything I've seen makes it look very, very, very good. An absolute blockbuster. Almost on the level, it looks like same way that they kind of just recently did, um, not Warner Brothers, but uh, other studio did uh, like the... Um, uh, Fallen Order, like yeah. Jedi Fallen Order, like a, just this big AAA blockbuster title that kind of gives you everything you want, yeah, all in one shot. So we're we're kind of coming to the end of this where we didn't really talk about the games. We did a little bit, but there's nothing special about them. They sucked, as far as my research can tell. They had an average score of five point something out of oh, ten. You're talking about the Lego. Games. The Lego ones did well. Woo! They kicked butt. <laughs> uh, they did really well. So it's wild that those Lego games are coming out around the same time as uh, the actual number, like the actual number games, the film games. They're because, a little later than yeah, them, yeah. But, yeah. But, but no, they started in 2001. Uh, oh, no, that was, sorry, that was Lego Creator. Lego Creator, Lego Harry different. Potter was 2010. The years one and four, those were, right. yeah, those okay. were the famous ones. Those so, were the good ones. So we're talking about 2010, 2011, Harry Potter's years one to four and five to seven. Great games. All the Lego games, highly recommend yeah. them. Definitely play them. Great multiplayer games as well. The rest of them are trash. Yep, yep. <laughs> So, although I did enjoy for this short time it was out, it, it just, they ended it last year in 2022, Harry Potter Wizards Unite. This was the take from Niantic, uh, who is the makers of Pokemon. I think the problem is it came uh, out. Sorry, Pokemon. Po- Pokemon Go. Thank you. Pokemon Go. <laughs> uh, I think the problem is it came out after Pokemon Go, I think. Yep. And it was from the same crew, and it's not nearly as um, popular as a franchise as Pokemon. Correct. It sounds like it's a very big franchise. It has its own uh, Oh, no, no. I think it's as popular as a franchise, but as a game franchise, nah. No. Pokemon is the largest franchise of all time. We know that. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that recently uh, in another episode. And um, so, like, the difference is night and day. And And it was out first. Even with Pokemon Go, there's been times over the last few years where Nintendo was like, we're pretty close to pulling the plug on this. Like, it's not not quite making as much money as they wanted it to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's literally the biggest game franchise of all time. Yeah. So, like... (laughs) 
it's it's wild actually how, how different those two things are but for for what it did i i personally really liked wizards unite i thought it was solid i enjoyed the game uh man and i played it a while uh mm. you know because we were playing pokemon go at the time then we tried this one out um cool game really cool game i think the hogwarts like if we're, so if we're talking about the future i think there's two things i want to talk about one is do you think that the harry potter is is keeping to the ideologies of what we've sort of defined throughout this those wonderment, those growth, those growth of, of human psychology and opinions, right? Because really we saw throughout the movies Harry Potter growing as a person, defining yeah. what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Um, those to me are key factors. Do you think... That also, it may sound corny, the power of friendship. The power of friendship, power yes. Of friendship. That, that is a huge. huge one. That was huge. That's a huge one. Friendships were tested. Yep. Do you think that the franchise is still on course to be a successful maintaining, or do you think they're... They're they they're they're right on that teeter. If they don't make the if the next thing sucks, they're done. The only on ramp for the franchise itself, the game could do well independently of this as well. Yes. The only on ramp for Harry Potter as a franchise is to get fucking Harry Potter back into it. Really? There, there's no other way to do it. You have to continue on the story with what happens after the conclusion of the film. Maybe you could even include the uh, the stage play in the book that just came out. The terrible stage play, The, the Cursed yeah, Child. Yeah, The Cursed Child. So, Do you it, even know what that was about? No, I have no idea. So the story plot is that the daughter of Harry Potter, I think, yeah. goes back in time. Okay. And there's, I don't remember the reason why, Someone goes back in time, and their whole plot is to save Cedric Diggory. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. It's awful. I love that it idea. It did not go well. That would sell tickets. It sold tickets. Well, Because everyone's hungry tickets. for Harry Potter. Yeah. But reviews were not, they were not awful. They were just middling. Yeah, yeah. But the book sold well, too. So that's the thing. It was, yeah. That was another blockbuster release for the book, and that just happened a couple years ago. So, honestly, I think there's a huge opportunity here for an on-ramp to get back on with Harry Potter, but it oh. has to include... it. If nothing else, at least the original cast is like the mentor figures in it while they set up the next generation. I see, and I'm the weird guy. I want to go and see like the all girls school, a story set in there. And this then is like getting weird. The Russian one. This is getting real weird. What? The all girl Russian school. From Goblets of Fire. Oh, I see what you're Where saying. Where they had like okay, the other schools okay. show up. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, like the, there's that like the Russian one and yeah, yeah. I want I want to see different stories across the years. I don't want to I don't want to see a story about Dumbledore anymore. I don't want to see oh, a no, story I, I, about I'm that. Over the, I'm over, I I'm saying like in so much as like Star Wars prequels for, uh, for oh, sorry, their sequels for for everything they did right and wrong. I did like that they did include members of the original cast. I love that Lando sure. was in it. I love that Han Solo was in it. I love that Princess Leia was in it. So it's and, and, and I'm glad they they got to use those characters one last time. See, I think substantive. My way. problem with that is it's not forwarding the franchise. It's linking the franchise to those characters so that if it's if those characters aren't in it, you're doomed. It puts a time ticking time clock of those actors. Well, thankfully they've figured out ways to do it since then that it's not doomed anymore. So, I, that's but, not the but same. At the, at the time, at the time, I think it was their only way forward. I think I think it's a doomed thing, and I I think you can't do that. I think the next thing you have to do, don't try and link it to Dumbledore. Don't try and do whatever you want. I'm fine with if it's ready, uh, Eddie Redmayne again. I'm fine with that, but don't involve any of that shit, and don't involve uh, J.K. Rowling as a screenplay. Make it something different. And I think this game is a good step. Uh, the Hogwarts Legacy is a good step in that direction because it yeah. has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Yeah, it's so far in the past that it's not impactful. But I'm saying they got to bring it into the modern era. Nah, That's what I'm saying. I don't think so. I think close. they need. I they need to. This needs to evolve from the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. To 
the magical world of Hogwarts or something. Universe. The Wizarding World. The Wizarding World. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. the Wizarding World. Yeah. yeah. Uh, universe. I think that was probably the intention from the beginning was to have like a wizarding world where multiple main characters could be introduced and kind of followed. Yeah. But what we ended up with was Harry Potter. So I think we <laughs> were just too connected <laughs> gotta, to that. Got to keep it going. Got to keep it going if they want to keep making the money. So Daniel Radcliffe, you think he wouldn't take the payday? Uh, I would hope not. He's going to take the payday. What are you talking no, about? No, I think in my opinion, he ended it where he needs to end it. Yeah. Fucking let it lie. Yeah. yeah. Don't. We're, don't we're diverging here in a big way. So I'm just going to say I'll take more. If they would just continue <laughs> the story after that. Keep all the same characters. All the actors are still fairly, you know, they're they're, they're probably my age. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's you know, just keep it going, man. Just keep it going. Make some money. You know what I mean? Like, give me something to watch every Christmas. Like, there you go, man. Yeah, but I think to end all this, they had a really cool run. The movies defined it. Yeah. Um, And quite frankly, they're on a tipping point where if they make another one or two mistakes, it's over. I, I believe. I agree. Yeah. I agree 100% on that. All right. Well, that is Harry Potter. That's where we're at on it. So uh, definitely, definitely divisive in terms of uh, the opinions in this room. <laughs> so, and then uh, we'll be back uh, momentarily to talk about um, some playing and or watching. Pretty Ooh. excited. So this is a segment that we do where we talk about uh, a lot of things. What's currently in the news, but also what we've been playing, also what we've been watching uh, to kind of get it all. Yeah, the, the playing we're watching is kind of a misnomer because it's really just, the fuck do we want to talk about? <laughs> so well, one thing I want to fucking talk about is uh, this OGL situation. There's got to be an update on this. Uh, th- this has been the hottest news possible. Have you been waiting this whole time to come talk to me as like your uh, re- resident excited. expert? I've been excited to get the updates because I'm like, what stupid fucking thing are they going to do next? <laughs> like, I just, I'm on the edge of my seat. I know there's another dumb move they're going to make. And I'm like, what's that move going to be? So what kind of half-assed, like, like handout but hand closed sort of solution are they going <laughs> to offer uh, to their fans? So here's the deals. I think at this point it's without question. We know where this is going. We now know the master plan. When we last had their episode, when we last talked about OGL. They made a dumb move. They made a, a, a move, and it was a dumb one. But now with all of the information coming out, there was theories as to what might be their end game. Yeah. Now. We're like 90% sure what their end game is. Mm. And there's a lot of these. It's funny because you feel like, you know, that character from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the male in the mail room, like, oh my God. Oh, Charlie? Charlie, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything the, connected on the board. Yeah. yeah. And um, what's going on is they brought in a new executive mm-hmm. X amount of time ago, not that long ago, oh. like half a year ago. Speaking of that, Pepe Silva. Wasn't that the thing? From that episode? Yes. He's like, Pepe, Pepe Silva. Pepe Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. What's, 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 he uh, doesn't exist. what's Hasbro's Pepe Silva? <laughs> so they brought in an executive about half-ish a year ago. And that executive was on the Microsoft boards of games. Okay. So they were an executive for the games uh, section of Microsoft. Okay. Not tabletop. Not tabletop. There's video no games. Microsoft tabletop to my knowledge. I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, so a video, so like video games, like Xbox Live, that yep. kind of stuff. And now people are starting to put together that what they're doing is they're breaking down and shutting down on the OGL just so that they can create a, they can corner the market in virtual tabletops and in products so that they can basically turn D and D into a tabletop video game. Oh, he's fucking asshole. So they're going to make it so that right now when you want to go play D and D or whatever, yeah, you go buy books, yep, physical books. And what ends up happening is ostensibly most of the books you get one or two books are bought by the players maybe maybe a player's handbook it's usually it yeah the monsters guides the adventure paths are just bought just by the dms yeah and they get one copy and they don't usually buy another one for a very long time right um 
And it's an antiquated business model. It's an antiquated yeah. business model. And that's what they were talking about in a previous statement of it's yep. under monetized. That's right. I don't disagree with them. No, no I, I actually fully agree with them, but it's just the path they took. Yeah, exactly. And so what's happening is their goal now is to basically make the physical books antiquated and really not all that useful, more like a collector's items. Gotcha. And but make the real product their digital D and D beyond or whatever they're going to call it, probably still D and D beyond. Yeah. Um, and you will have a subscription fee, which will get you access to the content. So if you ever stop your subscription fee, you lose access to the rules, to the character, you lose access to your character sheets probably. And when you, so if you want to make homebrew stuff, yeah. you have to pay for the higher model. So the expectation is your D and D, your DM will pay about 30 us dollars a month. Yeah. 29 99 or whatever your players will pay about $6 a month. Interesting. And that is their end game. That's how they want to monetize the indie. Wow. So to maintain a character sheet, each character would have to pay like their own subscription fee on top of like the DM subscription fee. Yep. And what they're going to add in is like AI DMs and pre-built adventures in this sort of air okay. quotes well, AI. There could be value in that part. I yeah, think there's yeah. definitely value yeah, yeah. because they, and they did make us a, a very, they did make the statement very clear and it, it, it's totally legitimate. I, their ideas are right. How they're going about it is wrong. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They have this idea for this video game through the Unreal Engine mm. that will have an AI or a program be your DM. And that makes a lot of sense because the thing I hear a lot is that there aren't enough DMs to go around. True. Um, so there's a lot of players who don't have DMs who just yeah. want to come in, pick up a game, play it, you know, fight a monster and then get out. Yeah. And this will placate that. And I yeah. think that is awesome. And honestly, the technology is... I think we're there. We're like there. With, with chat GPT now, like writing people's college, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> finals papers for them and things it like that. It was almost like a showcase for, yeah. yeah, this can be done. Yeah. Um. So that makes sense. But the problem is, is for those that, you know, like my friends who just got into D&D 5e. Yeah. Um, they want the tabletop experience. Everyone wants the book. It's called a pen and paper for a right. reason. And that's not even what upset people. That's not even what upset people. Yeah. What upset people was they tried to corner the market in a hostile way. Yes. That destroyed all of this fan base. Cause you've yep. got people who are, I, I weirdly put myself in this category, which is the old guard. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I think that's fair. You were brought up by the old guard. I was brought up by yeah, the yeah, old yeah. guard. Exactly. I wasn't really there. I wasn't involved back then. Yeah. But everyone I play with are old guards. Directly connected. Yeah. Directly connected. And they all scorned and burned by 4E, which yeah, went yeah. through this. They tried to do exactly what's going on now. They tried to do in 4E. Yeah. And it, it flopped. They didn't. The technology wasn't there. They weren't ready. It was too early. And obviously, and I know you mentioned pissed. before they'd kind of seen the show before, but now it's different because the tech. The tech is there the tech is frankly. there and it's quite cheap for them to develop in particular if they have a head of you know previous head of microsoft gaming there well he certainly knows what to do with the fucking cloud yeah oh, microsoft built the whole cloud so yeah exactly and i i think so that's a huge problem is you've also got this discord within watsi which is the designers aren't happy with it because the designers are old guards yeah they're a bunch of old people that you know and slightly new people but they're generally the older class of yeah. the old the old guard that want to play the tabletop RPG. Yeah. They don't want to go in this direction. But obviously this guy wants to go in that direction because it makes more money. But that's their main problem is they they did come back. So after they put out their OGL 1.2, yeah. they did, I think it was hilarious because the first PR thing they put out was a, oh, you know, it was never a draft and we didn't lose, we won together. Yeah. Everyone goes, fuck you. Interesting. Fuck you. You don't get to say that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was gaslighting to the max. It's, uh, it's wild. The extent to which this company or these, these board members 
have they've overestimated the impact that they've personally had on driving this whole thing forward because yeah. it has literally nothing to do with them. So look at where, where D&D exists in pop culture right now. So if you look at the last few years, what single property has been responsible for driving the popularity of D&D more than anything? Actually, I can think of two properties. What are the two properties? So we talked about one of them last time. Critical Role is one critical of them. Critical Role, so that's huge, and right? Stranger Things. Stranger Things, spot on. Yeah. So if they didn't have Critical Role and they didn't have Stranger Things, D&D would st- it'd yep. be, it'd be a quarter the size it is now. They've picked up so much in terms of interest just from these other properties. They had really nothing to fucking do with except maybe licensing out for Stranger Things. Yep. They licensed out a few things. Which so. I think is something, and I know I'm probably going to get some flack for this, um, but I, I, ha- I feel like I have to make the statement. I was none. So after Watsi made their statement, they then came out and made a better statement. Mm. And they have actually put out a new draft, uh, a 1.2. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 1.2 or whatever. They have put out the new draft draft yeah. for people to review. And you know what? The truth is they are being very... I wouldn't say they're being 100% clear. You can tell there is some obfuscation mm. going on. Um, they're trying to make it more complicated than it is. Yeah. But it's very clear what they're doing now. Now because, the, and they're being a little bit more honest with it, which is good. This is the step they should have taken. Is this an official olive branch or is it just meant to placate? I think it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, I think they know they fucked up with their secrecy mm. and they need to be more open and they are being more open. But the problem is their actions now we're like, okay, all right. Your actions are shitty, hmm. but at least you're honest. Your actions are shitty. Hmm. We're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. We can live with honest shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so people are putting in their reviews. They're saying, oh, no, OGL one point. Like, we don't care. The, the The general statement is, we don't care what your new OGL says hmm. as long as you don't fuck with the old OGL. Yeah. We don't care because we can make our decisions based on that. Yeah. Just don't fuck with the old OGL and, no one, and we'll be fine with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that seems to be the only real opinion that's stuck around. Well, and, and what's wrong with that? What's wrong with then? So challenging them to come up with a good enough value proposition for the new one and their online stuff that, that attracts players to that. They're, they're, mm-hmm. Like that should be how it is. Yes. Because you're not, you, you can't just, you can't just like come in with hostility and force everyone who's been playing the game a certain way out of playing the game, those are the people who would monetize you. Yes. And I think that's the argument that's being generally made right now, which is why is your approach strangling your competition rather than making a good product that beats your competition? Right. And I think that's generally the argument that's going on is you guys are going about this all wrong. Don't punch your opposition. Yeah. Beat them honorably. It's because they know they can't beat them on innovation. That's why. So then, then it becomes just an absolute... Or this is the cheaper trying to choke them out. What's cheaper drowning them out legally or actually making a good product. Drowning them out legally is usually the cheaper, the (laughs) better product. That's what it's all about. It's true. Um, So I think that's where it's going. And I think that's a huge problem. Now, one thing, again, I'll go back to that topic of something I think is going to get me in some flack. Um, I, I, at Rona Geekery on Twitter, people, go ahead and shout at us. I'm sorry, Raised by Spoilers uh, hosts. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, He's talking about Rich. I'll, I'll, next time he talks to me, I'm sure I'll get his Rich, opinion Rich, a.k.a. Other Rob. That's right, I said it. He's fuming right now. If he's listening, he's fuming right now. He's just losing his mind. I'm looking at you, buddy. I said it. <laughs> um, I don't think the statement that Critical Role was good enough. Hmm. So I, I love, I do not watch Critical Role. But as I I have talked many times recently, 
I adore Vox Machina, the yeah. cartoon series on yeah. Prime. And I adore the actors. Yeah. I adore the things they they shell out their money for, the 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 uh, not the community, the community they build. Yeah. They build a very positive energy. I fucking love them. Yeah. They're they're adorable people. They're such a nice group of friends and they contribute to a lot of good causes yeah. and things like that. And I, I I have nothing bad to say about them. Nothing. I got yeah. nothing that can yeah. I don't watch the show, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means yeah. I don't watch it. I don't have yeah. four hours a week. That's right. Um, but I was not happy with their statement. Yeah, um, I thought it was fairly ambiguous. I don't know. It was definitely ambiguous. And the statement they they generally the world is making is, well, because they're contractually obliged not to make a statement. Gotcha. No, no. They're monetary obliged not to make a statement. Yeah. Because if they do make a statement, they'll break that contract. Fair enough. Which is money to them. So really, yeah. it's not the contract that's stopping them. It's the money that came along with the contract. Sure. So you're so they make a statement of we we work for creators. Yeah. You're not fucking acting like it. Clearly, you're you care more about the money than you do about the creator. Well, I mean, a, a lawyer somewhere probably told them not to attack yeah, it because they want money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went, you have a choice. You're going to lose this contract, which will lose you X dollars, probably in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but but I mean, like, Watsi could also seek remuneration. Oh yeah, as well. Right? I'm sure somewhere in their contract that they have because they're partnered with them for D and D Beyond yeah, and stuff. Correct. That they have, you cannot talk shit about us. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure they have that in the contract. So obviously, if they made a certain kind of statement, yeah, they would scratch that off. Yeah. yeah. But here's the deal. First of all, Watsi has now made a statement saying no creator will be punished for saying their open opinions. They've openly said that to all the creators. They sent out an email to all the YouTubers. Hmm. Now, they're not on the same contract as, as uh, Critical Role, but here's the deal. Critical Role are kingmakers. What's what's that tied to? Is that tied to the OGL? No, they just, a lot of people on YouTube, a lot yeah. of the creator content people on YouTube yeah. were bashing the OGL and, yeah. and Watsi. And um, basically, Watsi, part of their statement, they sent out an email directly to the YouTubers mm -hmm. that said, hey, listen, we understand you're not happy. Uh, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. We want you to know, say whatever you want. Yeah. We support you. You're, we're not going to punish you for, you know, we have relationships where we send you products and stuff to review. Mm -hmm. We are not going to punish you as a creator oh, okay. for speaking against okay. us. Okay, that's cool. Um, that's, this was a cool statement they made. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was vague and legalese and so on and so forth, but still, it was a fair statement. Yeah. So they said that, critical roles, because they have a separate contract, still aren't saying anything. Yeah. So I think the problem is that critical role is a kingmaker. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Critical Role is what made D&D &D 5e as popular as it is, even more than Stranger Things. I think you're right. Yeah. By a large absolutely. margin. Absolutely. If Critical Role decided right now, they came out with a statement and said, we're moving to Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. The sales of Call of Cthulhu will outweigh D&D. &D. Correct. It'll no skyrocket. problem. It'll yeah. skyrocket fast D&D. Yeah. &D. It's, it's an installed audience like millions of people deep. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're the kingmakers. Yep. They're the ones that whoever they run on, they're defining. If they keep going with D&D &D and they're doing and supporting D&D Beyond and this cost yeah. and this new OGL, guess what? They're encouraging it and allowing it. They're not for creators. If they switch over to Call of Cthulhu, I'm all in. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll start listening. That'd be a fucking, <laughs> that'd be an epic show. Um, but they just, it, I, I think it's not an okay statement because yeah. to me, that statement was the legalese version of, we like money. Sure. But we also don't want to upset people. Yeah. Like, well, no, sorry. Like, yeah. I would, I would have appreciated it more if they just said those words. Yeah. <laughs> At least they're being honest. We're, we're legally not allowed to tell you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we like yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, fine. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. It. I like money. <laughs> we have this in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But I, I, I'm not happy with that. To me, yeah. that's 
one of the things that Critical Role has done is they've shown that much like Watsy, it's about the money, not about the hobby. Yep. And that that's upsetting to me. Is a lot of people are backing and supporting Critical Role in that when I don't think they should. Are they independent? Is is there a network that owns them or something like that? Um, I think they're independent now. Oh, are they really? Okay. I think they're independent okay. now. But they do have books and products out that tie to, uh, and they have contracts with Watsy because Watsy sells them and they sell each other. Because they're managing the. They're very closely related. They're gotcha. more than any other third party product. Gotcha. They have a close relationship. So where does where do uh, third party companies like Paizo stand on this then? So the good news is. Um, They've created the, there's, hilariously enough, Paizo, I think, saw this coming uh, many, many years ago. And so when they moved to... They Path- were smart to set up for a future when this would happen. Yeah. And I think, first of all, I think legally they're they're willing to fight for the fact that you cannot, you know, overturn the old OGL. Yep. And what's hilarious is many of the people that work at Paizo, the owners of Paizo, were the people that created the original OGL. Yeah. When they were at Watsi. Yeah, and their lawyers are the lawyers that created the first OGL too. Interesting. So it'd be real easy argument for that for those lawyers for these people to show up at the courtroom and say, "You can't speak the deep magic to us. We were there when it was written." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's an easy. I think that's an easy uh, legal battle. So I think that's fine. Yeah. I think that'll be safe. It just means, unfortunately, these third party companies will have to spend money defending yeah, it. That's right. But they've protected themselves in a, in a clever way. Yeah. In two ways. One, uh, for myself, because I'm a Pathfinder guy, mm-hmm. um, Pathfinder 2E doesn't need OGL. Doesn't give a fuck about it. Because it makes no references, right, to the content? It, it doesn't It doesn't make any legal, needable references. Yeah. They apparently, and they've come out and said this, that the OGL that they included in the back of the book, because mm-hmm. uh, they did include the OGL, they did that so that other third-party creators can make stuff for them. They, nice. they did it not... To, to connect themselves to D&D, but to allow other people to connect themselves to them. Nice. Um, and they're like, we can just take it out. Like, th- And that's exactly what they're doing. They decide, well, I guess we're just not using OGL. Yeah, yeah. We're going to... Yeah, because they're, they're not using D&D terms, characters, monsters. Nothing every, that's every, Yeah, everything's licensable. original at this point. Yeah, nothing that's licensable. I mean, yeah. they use strength and wisdom and stuff like that, but that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, those are rules. You, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't license that. Yeah. Or like a dice, like a dice, like a, anybody can get a twenty-sided dice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's not special. It's 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 not legally bindable. Right. Um, so they instead have decided to lead the charge on creating their new open game license. I, I always forget the, uh, the the title of it, but the summary is Orc. Okay. They call it Orc, which I guess last uh, last referenced, it was uh, fifteen hundred uh, third-party companies are putting themselves towards it. Nice. Um... You can just call it Orc. Just look it's up. called System Neutral. Um, yeah, that's not the name of it. It stands for Orc. Um, I forget what they call it. Open Content. Open Something Content. Or I forget what it's called. Open Content. Open RPG Creative License. Ooh, there it is. Okay. Open cool. RPG oh, Creative. That's name. what it comes from. Catchy yeah. name, Orc. Orc. That's good. Yeah, very clever. Yeah. And I think what they're doing is very smart. They recognize, oh... Because remember, these are the people who created in the OGL. Yes. And they went, oh, we see how we screwed up that legal yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay, how can we make this next version the same thing but better? More protected from corruption. how they get a second pass at it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, and so what they did was they're instead going to fund a, um, there's going to be a um, non-profit yeah. that is going to own the the orc. That's awesome. So that that non-profit, no company, if Pies whoever sells, 
right? Yeah. For any reason, that new parent company can't do what Hasbro. So the new parent company we set up is like a four hundred one c three or whatever, and let's say <laughs> charitable organization in the states, and it's just uh, yeah, yeah, the keepers of that's awesome. That's it, and that's so awesome. everyone can just use it this way. No matter who owns it, no matter what happens between these third party companies behind yeah. Paizo, who buys and sells. The orc is protected and separate from those companies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if like knowing that, knowing that development, I mean, and, and the fact that Pathfinder is an extremely robust like world and game and lots of content available for it, I don't know why like why like the critical role guys wouldn't just make the jump. Okay, I that's to prove a point. I, I'll be uh, you're right. I, I obviously I'm on Camp Pathfinder. Yeah, uh, I I have a very I don't think that's that's a secret. That is my favorite. If if you showed me both books. D&D and Pathfinder is someone who doesn't know a ton about it. And you, you, you took the titles off the cover and said, which one is which? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. They look the same to me. <laughs> so like, I, I would guess there's a lot of people out there like me who have a tangential interest in it or who would watch or listen to critical role. Right. Who wouldn't need to know who like, wouldn't give a shit yeah. about it. You know, that's probably the bulk of their audience is people who wouldn't give a shit. The problem is, and I think why Critical made Critical Role made the decision to move from Pathfinder, because Critical Role originally, and this is a, one of those famously touted statements, yeah. they started in Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, they made the jump, I think, for a very good reason. Oh, they did the start in Pathfinder? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were originally Pathfinder. Great. When they started going live with, like, Nerdist and Geek yep. and Sundry and stuff like that, I think they made the right call, which was they moved to D&D when mm -hmm. they went live, and that's because D&D &D as a first show, because... If you sit there and you're saying like, okay, well, I got this buff and you're looking through reference documents of buffs and unbuffs yeah, yeah. and combat and combat's more deep and crunchy. Yeah. That's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch. It's fun to play. I like it playing with my friends. Like you get this buff. We're working together to come up with this big plan where someone gets really big numbers and yeah. boom, they get the big Kamehameha blast off and it looks fucking epic. Sure. That's fun at the table. It is not fun on TV. To watch. And so I think they made the right call when they moved to D&D &D 5e. Okay. Uh, because D&D &D 5e was very, yeah, for streamlining, for a show. Yeah. For a show. Um, but I don't think it's a better game. I think it's a really good introduction, but I don't think it's a better game. Okay. Uh, gotcha. at, at least more than 2e. If you talk about 1e, yeah, I can definitely see why there's like two camps. Yeah. They're they're different. One, they each have their benefit and losses, mm -hmm. and they're different. And I, I totally get that. 2e, I find like, why are you even doing yeah. 5e anymore? You got 2e. It's all the best of Pathfinder with the best of D&D &D in nice. one. But I understand why it's like that. I understand yeah. why Critical Role does it. And now at this point, it's because they have contractual uh, ties and relationships with Watsi because Watsi's pumping money into oh, yeah, totally. for advertising. Totally. So I, I get why they're doing it. But um, no, I think this, we're creating a new generation of uh, Watsi haters. Yeah. I grew up around a bunch of people going, Fuck Watsi, they fucked us in 4E uh, and they felt burned and <laughs> betrayed. 5E and OGL and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they still hold that flame of hatred. Like, honestly, half of Pathfinder, this is something I learned through all this, is half of the Pathfinder lovers' identity yeah. is hatred of Watsi. <laughs> like, that's how they identify themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, so I think this is creating an all new generation of that. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. They probably deserve it too. So they probably do. So I, I, I think it's a. I ultimately, I think this is a. My here's my problem. Um, a lot of people say it's a positive change, and I think that's good because that protects me with people who like Paizo and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, given the fact that after all of this, about forty thousand people, forty thousand people, lost uh, unsubscribed from D and D Beyond from all of this. About that. No shit. Now that sounds like a lot, right? It does. That is. 0.8% of the people that were subscribed. 
So certainly they probably worked out what they thought they would lose, and so far it's less than that. Yeah. So if you they they are proposing they to have said, about ten oh, yeah. million people subscribe, burn in of this would be like you know. 3%, 4%, 5%, and they're not even at a single four, full point yet. Yeah, and if you consider how many people are not actually paying those subscriptions, man, imagine if all of them had to bring in at least six bucks now. Yeah. Though that 1% loss yeah. is well worth the 60%, you know. Well, it's the difference between like a $10 million property and like a $100 million property. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's literally, it's that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think this, I what's going to happen is they're going to get away or with this. 100 million to 1 billion. Like, who knows? Yeah. I, I think what's what's going to happen is they're going to, uh, I'll be clear, because now we kind of know the dust is settled. We, yeah. we know where things are going now. Yep. Um, we can go and review the OGL all we want. We know what's going to happen. We know what they're not going to change. Yeah. So there's no point in arguing over it anymore. Yeah. Um, I think what's going to happen is um, they're going to go the way they do. They're going to make a fucking bank load of money. Yep. Because there's most people that don't care about this OGL stuff and yeah. don't think about it. And they, there's a lot of people that just pay subscription fees in video games. Based on Twitter trends, it would appear that a lot of people do care. But that's just people who are voiced. There are so many people who don't say anything. Yeah, maybe. The silent majority yeah, you're that right. just buy books and don't think about it. Yeah. And most people don't think about that. And they're like other video games where they pay subscription fees to yeah. games that don't give them the quality of product that they're asking for. Fair the, enough. The, the freedom. How many people play shitty and feed so much money into shitty mobile games? Yeah, true. Without thinking about it. True. These are those same people. Yeah. And what's going to happen is they're going to pay into it. Watsi's going to make their money. They're going to lose the old guard yeah. the people who want to be at the tabletop but those people are, are going to go to other systems they're going to go to the cobalt presses new system they're going to go to paizo they're going to do all this other stuff so you're just creating this strong split between the the new guard of subscription fees and digital yeah and the old guard and that's how it's going to be and when the old guard dies dies off and we're done mm. it's going to disappear mm. you know what i mean because that's not monetarily feasible in this new world. That's right. We know that. Companies yeah. know that. Yeah. It's going to die off because it's just not going to... You're going to have the people who are stringently, morally tied to it. Yeah. And when they're done, it's done. That's right. Only time will tell. I think Watsi's won. They own yeah. it. They have it. They're going to have what they want. And the rest of us are going to toil in our own little world until we die. That's a, <laughs> it's a bright outlook. It's very yeah. bright outlook. Very good. <laughs> so, well, hey, at least now we know where it's headed. So that's good. That's good. Uh, something less dramatic, uh, playing and or watching. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? Um, uh, Chained Echoes. Okay, gotcha. I think I mentioned it last time too. Yeah. I have completed it. Oh, okay. So this was the classic style RPG? Yeah, classic style yeah. RPG. Um, one of the best games I've played in a very long time. Nice. And you were playing on Switch? Yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, it's on pretty much everything. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, um, the best way I can describe it, Chrono Trigger, with mechs instead of time travel. Oh, uh, hell yeah, dude. I'm in. That's sweet. That's awesome. It was so good. The combat felt punchy and quick while being turn-based. It was turn-based. And it felt energetic. And every combat felt a little bit different. Um, was this made by one man? Eh, for the most part. It was okay. published by a company. And it was mostly written and managed. But it was had some extra programmers. Had some extra audio directors. But it was all written by and... The ideas it, it spawned from one man's head. Yeah, so Matthias Linda is the developers. That's likely the person who came up with the story as well. Yeah, he published was. by Deck Thirteen Spotlight. He did all the writing, German. the dialogue, and everything too. Yeah, this is a German company, and they've been around for a long time. I'm looking for something big that we would know. That they did Lords done. of the Fallen. Okay, some um, people might know that one. Yeah, The Surge, Venetica, but they go way back. But if you look at Deck, go go to look at Deck Thirteen. Deck Thirteen. 
Yeah, so go up, go to the publishing company. Oh, you are looking at Deck. Yeah, this is what I'm looking at. Oh, there was something else I saw that they go to the develop. Was it developer? Uh, oh, Focus Entertainment. So the parent of Deck Thirteen is Focus Entertainment. Oh, weird. Okay. So, so Deck Thirteen big, big is a movie house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and games as well. Yeah. So they uh, they're they're on the side there. So the, it, this isn't like brand new, brand new. It's just a subset, yeah. an indie subset of a bigger company. Um, but no, the big thing here is, um, Matthias. Okay. And it, it is such a nod. Um, actually it is such like a good nod, but no, it's, sorry. This, this company is different from focus films. Yeah. This, it is. This, this company only does games. Yeah. Um, so they have this interesting, um, uh, thing where they play homage and they show, they wear their, um, inspiration on the sleeve. Okay. So much so that the first starting entrance is your character waking up in basically a recreation of Chrono's bedroom. Okay, nice. And your mother comes and opens up the curtains. Is like, oh, can you hear that beautiful sound? And you wake up. You're like, it's time to wake up, Glenn. And, you're like, and Glenn, named after the frog from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Uh, he wakes up and his mom's like, okay, it's time to go. He's like, oh, okay. And he's kind of waking up. And the mom goes, all right, it's time to wake up. He's like, I, I am up. No, it's time to wake up. And she just slaps him. Oh, that's amazing. And then it wakes up yeah, to like yeah, the yeah. game thing. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out he was sleeping. So it's just, they pay homage to it. That's in a very clearly clever way. all homage to Chrono Trigger. And yet Chrono Trigger is not listed on the Wikipedia as one of his favorite games. That's hilarious. The no, developer. there's so much Chrono Trigger in this. And yeah, yeah they're sweeping in. He mentioned that Final Fantasy 4. Yep. Uh, or 6, sorry. Um, Xenogears. He famously, he did an interview or a discussion or like a whatever where he commented that this game's release was delayed because of a Xenogears release, and he wanted to finish the Xenogears game. That's awesome. Good for him, man. Good for him. (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, So, no, it was honestly, um, Alex, this is one of those things where I know you well enough. You need to play this game. Oh, no, I'm all in on it. Yeah, I I definitely am going to play it. Um, Yeah, some other things just popped up for me. You're definitely going to slow that down, but yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. It's so good. It is the closest thing I have felt to the way I felt when I played Chrono Trigger for the first time. Nice. Hell yeah, man. Um, what, how's it, is it like different endings worth a second play stuff like that? No, there, I think there's only one ending. Okay. Very good. Um, so I, I don't think it's worth much of a second playthrough. They don't have any, uh, new game plus supposedly yeah. they're going to add stuff like that. Um, how many characters do you get to play as? Oh, eight, ten ish. Okay. 10, cool. 10, 12 ish. That's awesome. Okay. Um, it's really cool because you can have all, you can have eight people in your party at one time. Yeah. And I think about two or three just kind of off the party so okay cool cool uh, it, it the combat is so good they have these like action bar at the top this yeah. overdrive bar which when you're in overdrive so it's like yellow blue or yellow green and then red yeah um when you're in the green section certain abilities bring your overdrive up and certain abilities bring your overdrive down yep and what happens is every turn that cycles so sometimes when you do an offensive ability because of where you are in that turn yeah uh, that will bring up your overdrive. Okay. But in the next turn, it might bring down your overdrive. Yeah. And the problem is, is you're fighting this balance where you're trying to stay within the green and there's yellow over here and red over here. Yeah. If you're in the yellow, everything's 1%. Yeah. If you're in green, your abilities cost less and do more damage and nice. you take less damage. Nice. If you're in the red, you take you take double damage. Your abilities cost double amount. Beautiful. So you're playing this little game of every turn making decisions based on... Um, what you should be doing buff based on that, that overdrive bar. So it makes every turn feel a little bit different, even though it kind of still feels the same. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love the classic look and feel of it. Looks awesome. 
Definitely will be into this one very soon. So after a couple other things I got going on. I don't think it's gotten enough love as it should. Um, if you're not sure if you're into this game, go check out Turtle Race in Chained Echoes. A clip of the Turtle Race in Chained Echoes. Oh, okay. It will sell you on okay, this game. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I yeah. love that, uh, like Chrono Trigger, it looks like the battles take place on the same map you're running around. They absolutely do. That's cool. Let's yep, go where the enemies kind of spread out. And, yep, yep. Yeah, they cool. absolutely it's do. Cool. Yep. Lots of love to Chrono Trigger in this. Looks awesome. Love the look of the characters as well. Each so, character gets their own story and growth and everything like that. Beautiful. And it's, it is hard to say who is the main character. Damn, maybe this one will be moving up my list, actually. I really think it should. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Anyway, so I'm all in on that. Um, cool. What else? What have you been watching? That's it. That's all I got. That's it? That's all I'm going to bring up. So, uh, well, if I was just going to bring up one thing more in detail, um, film I missed in theaters last year, The Menu. So that just dropped on streaming oh, yeah. services. Uh, pretty good. I really enjoyed it. So uh, definitely a weird offbeat horror Who's film. Who's the main actor in that one? Uh, Ralph Fiennes. Yes, So that's yes. what I was mentioning earlier, right? And uh, very cool horror film. Definitely uh, a bit unexpected in terms of how much I liked it. So it's, it's, it's quite dark. It's quite dark. Really? Yeah, so I won't go into spoilers or anything. Uh, but there definitely is like, it definitely is setting its own pace. And then there's a point, it's one of those points in a film where you're just like, oh, fuck, everything just changed kind of points in, oh. in the movie. It's one of those. But it offers you some of that as well. And boy, if, if you're listening to this and you go home and watch it right now, because I think it's on Disney Plus if you're in Canada. It's probably on Hulu in the US then. Oof. So yeah, I, I would say just uh, check it out because it's it's wild, man. Very, I very find good. that weird that that movie's on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's because of Star. Star is on Disney Plus in Canada. Oh. So in Star, it takes a lot of the Hulu content from the US. So, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that where it sense. ends up. So the, the 20th Century Fox tie-in. So anyway, yeah, it's got uh, a lot of good actors in it too. Anya Taylor-Joy's in it. and then uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, that's yeah. who I knew was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's quite good in it as well. And uh, yeah, just a good cast, good, good movie, good horror flick. Uh, definitely satisfying. So I would highly recommend watching Is it, it. more classical horror or is it more psychological horror? Psychological. Well, I mean, a little bit of both. A little bit of both? A little bit of both. I mean, okay. there's, some, there's some shocking on it and then just, yeah, some also some psychological stuff. So. Yeah, because there's like body, body horror, which is the thing. There's the unknown horror, which is less, alien. Less on the body horror side. Yeah. So this is just more like that sort of... Um, Saw's body horror, horror, I think. Yeah, this is more of just like that, that sickening, like... Like the walls are closing in, kind of feeling mm. like there there is no escape, kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so. Yep, yep. Okay. So it's cool, cool horror though. So I really, really liked it. Uh, just such an original movie, and Ralph Fiennes just mwah, chef's kiss. Pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. He he nailed it. He just absolutely nails it in this. So uh, very, oh, I'm guessing good. he's a he's a uh, cannibal then. Based on the title, uh, no, weirdly, there. no, but he oh. he is a good bad guy. I'll tell you that. All right, so, all right yeah, fair yeah. enough. So yeah, he's a good antagonist. And then uh, for games, yeah, the ones that are getting in the way, fucking finally, Persona Three and Four just dropped uh, <laughs> on all the extra consoles. So I've been waiting for this for literally years. You realize the last okay, Persona Four Gold, yeah, came out on the Vita. Okay. Okay. So maybe maybe the PS2 before that, but definitely the Vita was the first release that I played for Persona 4 Golden. This this would have been 2011, okay, ish. Didn't have another release until Steam two years ago. Persona 4 Golden came out, made a bit of a splash too. Did very well for itself on Steam. So and then mm. uh, another two years goes by. Finally on a mainstream home console. It just dropped on everything <laughs> uh, recently, and I think uh, Persona Three and Four are free to play right now if you're on uh, Xbox Live as well. So probably oh. a cool thing there. Uh, I ended up getting it on the Switch, the bundle together, and honestly, I'm oh, I cannot wait to play these games again. It's been so long. Persona Four Golden. It's in my top five favorite games of all time. Like it's is somewhere it better in there. than what was the one that uh, they call it Royal? 
Persona 5? Persona 5 Royal, with, yes. With Joker? Yeah. It's, it's better, better than that? It's better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll, have to, maybe I'll have to give um, my wife Amanda. I thought the character was more compelling. I appreciated that Persona 5, um, it, it, because of the nature of the team and what they're out to do, like the, what is it, the Broken Hearts Club or what are they, what are they called? I, I, I literally never played a Persona game. Oh, no shit. Or, or uh, um, Tin Megami Tent. What's Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei, very different. Same, same kind of idea with Monster Fusion. And well, shit it's, like it's that, a spinoff, so yeah, I, yeah, I mentioned yeah. it. But no, I, I've never played any of it. Well, Persona's the spinoff, yeah. it's uh, But Persona 4 Golden, it, it's, uh, as far as JRPGs go, it, it's kind of... I mean, to me, it's like one of the pinnacles. It's like one of the absolute really? peaks of JRPGs. I, I don't know that they could make that style of game better it still than they uses, made Persona 4. It's kind of like Persona Pokemon-type mechanics. Uh, oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, the Monster Fusion's all in there and all yeah, that yeah. shit. Yeah, that's 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 mainstay of the series. But more compelling than that are the characters in this, and I yeah. think this is the, the some of the most well written characters in the history of gaming appear in Persona Four. Gold. Is this the one where I think we were talking about um, the? I think it was one of our sixty nine episodes or something like that. We were talking about the girls we liked. There was one. I think she wears like a green sweater, red hair. Chie. Is that four? Yeah, yeah, Chie. Yeah, four? Persona Four Golden. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I, say, and, I don't remember her being in five, so she must have been four. What an absolute compelling character. You know what I mean? And that, but that's what I'm talking about. Is like you could actually see, like, you know, you're, you're in high school. You know, there's all these girls around or whatever. Like this, you know, it's just it, it's. But it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it just makes sense in the context that it's in. Whereas I feel like in other Persona games, it just makes less sense because you're. It, okay. it's, it's cool because like in Persona 4 Gold, you're not in Tokyo. You're in like some far flung, like podunk town that you got stu- stuffed in, in 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 Japan, right? Is in the countryside. Okay. So you're like, you know, you, you're the kid, you're the main character, you had to go live with, you know, your 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 aunt and uncle or whoever out there. And yep. it's it's just lame. You know you're in I mean? a new environment. Yeah, yeah. And uh so it, it's just it's just very, very good in that regard. Uh the way it places you there, the way that it kind of opens up as you go through the game. And then uh and now it, I know menu style and uh, UI mostly style. Persona 5 got a big oh, yeah. rap for the... Persona 5 is the peak of that uh, in okay. terms of like the gameplay portion, but in terms of just how much I enjoy the game and how compelling I think the characters are and how well they're written and the stories that go along with that, Persona 4 Gold. So you'd say 5 is a better mechanical game, 4 is a better story yeah. and a better character. Yeah, yeah, definitely more Okay, compelling. okay. Yeah, definitely more compelling. So highly recommend it. Definitely play it. That's the one thing that's about to pull me off The Witcher again because I'm playing <laughs> The Witcher 3, and, uh, which I'm almost kind of done with now at this point. I'm already getting like the... You know the Grandmaster crafted armor and oh, shit like yeah. that. Like I'm already kind of at the end of it again. Um, and honestly, Witcher might end up being a, a once a year play for me. Yeah, you're gonna Witcher keep coming back. It's on I, the Switch. <laughs> I think it's my favorite game of all time. Oh my god, like, I can't believe I, I you're just, playing it on the Switch. It's it's good on the Switch. I can't believe it. So, dude, okay, so you're such a dad. I am. <laughs> I can't help it. So, but look, okay, when I played Skyrim on the Switch noticed immediately like the drop in like things appearing around you like even like yeah, grass the draw and distance. plants and draw distance and things like that in the witcher it's like everything's fairly close to you when you're running around but i don't know what they've done to make this run as well as it does on the switch but it runs beautifully i've had a crash here and there no big deal just reload it good to go but in terms of like the graphics and what's in the distance and things like that that's amazing it looks great that's the fucking shocking thing <laughs> Like, I don't understand how they got this game to work this well on the Switch. That, that it's no impressive. Sense. It makes no sense. It's super impressive. Even in, like, the, the battles with a lot of characters, there's no slowdown. Like, I just, I don't understand it. So, anyway, word of the wise, like, if you, if you get a good enough company to do your port, you can get anything to run on the Switch. That's so, true. Yeah. That is true. It's anyway. not like, it, it really shows up the Pokemon games. 
I tell you what, man, this thing is is better looking and runs faster than Pokemon <laughs> Violet and Scarlet. I'll tell you that. So, yeah, shockingly good. Anyways, that's that's my playing and watching. That's what I've been up to. So, it's fair enough. Beautiful. So, is that it? I think that's it. We are at the end of an episode, folks. So, if you want to, you can go on to the Twitter. Hit us up at Ronan Gugri and shout at us on there. Uh, I'm on there. Adam's on there. We'll shout back. And uh, well, we'd love to know your opinions. If you agree, disagree, think Harry Potter's dead, think it's going to go on forever, let us know. We'd love to know. We'd love people going on there and shouting at us. And, of course, if you have the chance, uh, please listen to uh, Sister Podcast, a Raised by Spoilers podcast. So, please listen. It's a great movie-themed podcast. Definitely dives deep into uh, some, some uh, offbeat movies. What's the next movie you're doing? Uh, the next one will be uh, Vampire Hunter D. Vampire Hunter D. Diving back into the anime. It's a beautiful thing. Actually, you guys haven't done an anime. Nope. This is the first, first one. one. Beautiful. And then also, if you can, please listen on Bitcade Podcast app. You can find it on iOS and Android. Please listen on there. And when you look up Ronan Geek Official Podcast, please consider unlocking our bonus content and monetizing us as well. We'd love you forever. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you.